Talk Live. And we're back. Yes, welcome. Thank you for listening and tuning in to tonight's Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. We're a live radio call-in program where you can call in and talk about whatever's on your mind. We have things we're going to talk about, and you don't have to talk about those things if you don't want to, or you can. If Some you crazy them. things. That, like, I, you know, normally, Richie Rich, you do a great job of bringing in sort of Sunday free talk live style yeah. and you've given it a style uh, try. you know of the types of things we we do here on Sundays and today is no exception and in fact might be one of the top 20 at least as far as the headlines go the benefit is having that week off cuz i get to collect more yeah between two weeks it's it's really paid off <laughs> <laughs> uh we have got some doozies uh, however i should tell you that the telephone number if you would like to call in and join us is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it is myself, the authentic Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass Buckshot Esquire, if you will. Joining me... Richie Rich! Uh, Captain's Log, Stardate 0924-2023. Playing the part of Nikki will be, well, no one. No one. It's yeah. sad. but Stupid know. babies. Show must Gotta go be all on. born and stuff. I know, just like, keep your legs closed for another day. Have your yeah, baby on I mean, the Monday show. Can't you just tell her to hold it for a day? Yeah. Right? Like, do those breathing exercises. But, like, you know. <laughs> right? You got to hold it. I mean, yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, Nikki's, you know, presumably helping somebody, you know, <laughs> deliver new life into the world. She's doing her job. <laughs> yeah, how dare she? Anyway. So, given the choice between delivering a baby and being here, I would definitely rather be here. Oh, I I give her crap, but like I get it. Right? Okay, you know you got to do what you got to do. Uh, she certainly is uh, welcomed to show up at any time if she you know finds herself available. I don't think that's going to happen based on the situation. But covered in amniotic fluids, she's like, oh hey, sorry I'm late, guys. Hey, have you ever seen a placenta? <laughs> <laughs> Caught one in the cooler right here. That's all right. <laughs> I'm told that uh, in some cultures that was the delicacy. Yeah, like because you know it's full of all sorts of nutrition and stuff, right? Yeah, you know. Uh, but would like, you eat it though? I'd have to be awfully hungry. Okay. You know, I mean, awfully hungry. I get it. I mean, this is this is where I get that there's the conspiracy theory about like they're gonna make us eat the bugs. Okay. Right, and people are all worried like they're replacing everything with bugs. Yeah, but like other cultures, that's what they eat. Right. right. So, yeah. if I were visiting those other cultures, you know, I'm like, ooh, yeah, let me let me try that. You know, grilled cricket. Yeah. Like I just because I'm not going to do that at home. I took right? like some sort of outdoor survival course when I was I don't know, 18 or something. Right. Eat the worms young. and and like I mean basic stuff, right? Like. Yeah, here's how to, you know, here's what poison ivy and poison oak are. Don't step in these, right? You know, here's how to build a simple lean-to shelter, right? You know, yeah. stuff like that. But, like, one of the first uh, things for food was, like, find an anthill. 
Okay. Stick your hand in it, let them crawl up on it, and just start licking them off. Okay. Because they are full of nutrition uh, and will keep you going in a survival situation, right? Uh, and they talked about, you know, how to eat dandelions and, you know, that kind of stuff. Make make yourself a salad out of, you know, forest growth stuff, right? Um, yeah. So, like, I'm aware of these kinds of things. Yeah, but the, again, that's that's a survival situation. Right. Right, and other places it would be, you know, a delicacy for tourists. Well, or, like, you're just really hungry. Okay. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, society, human beings have had to do some, like, you know, things that I wouldn't want to do, right? I'm spoiled. Yeah. Right? I'm a child of modern society, refrigeration and- Air conditioning. Air conditioning and heating, <laughs> yeah. right? you know, things, things of this nature. Uh, the internet, right? Although I'm older than the internet, at least the popular and commonly available internet. Um, <laughs> but I would have to be awfully hungry to do some of that stuff. Now, if you look at- um, what was that Mad Max movie, Fury, Fury Road? Okay, right? the newest one? Yeah. yeah they show this scene where they have a whole bunch of ladies. They're all heavy set with, uh, you know, shall we say, a couple of redeeming qualities yep. to each of them. And then they have an apparatus uh, that can only be uh, akin to something you would find at a dairy farm. Yeah, right. The milkers. On cows, right? And so, and that was like their whole job. They were both feeding children and being constantly milked themselves to provide nourishment to the entire tribe. Yeah, <laughs> that was the product with which you know that was how they exchanged uh, their labor for value or whatever, and got by in that society. And that society, of course, uh, would use that for trade and barter. Yeah, and. This isn't like something like, okay, it is out of a science fiction film, but like that particular thing isn't unheard of in human society in the past, right? right? If you go into history and you look at tribal cultures and their behaviors and stuff like that, like people did things because, well, they were just straight hungry. Well, well it, it's the foundation of trade, right? Like you, you have to be able to produce something of value on your own in order to get something else. Yeah. And if, if that's all you can do... Because there's nothing else available to you, then that's what you do. And like there, to some extent, this exists uh, in modern society. There are women who, uh, you know, can, for lack of a better term, they they preserve their own and they put it on the market to sell. Yes. To other, you know, women who maybe aren't as blessed at making enough and, you know, that kind of a thing. Especially when the government shut down the baby formulas. Right. Right. Yeah. So anyway, we Get in can, the way of the imports and see what the market provides. We've sort of gone off track, but I mean, not for a Sunday. <laughs> no, this is standard fare. <laughs> standard fare. I would like to go to the phones. We have Dave Ridley calling in. Mr. Ridley, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I have, uh, I have more uh, uh, New Hampshire primary news. New Hampshire primary, okay. Ooh. Yes. Oh. So Matt Sabarin of, uh, of NH Exit. I called in about him last night. He, he uh, earlier was able to talk to Chris Christie, and I guess more recently he was able to corner Nikki Haley, the presidential candidate, and ask her about New Hampshire independence and what her what her thoughts would be on that. All right. So hang on just a second. I uh, I got off guard here, and I have the exact quote here. I'm pulling it up. Uh, I'm not sure where she was. Um, okay, yeah. So. Uh, he says, uh, so when he asked her about, about declaring independence, she said, quote, 
I'm going to make them love the country so much they don't want to go, unquote. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Fail already. <laughs> Me loves you long time. You love country and stay. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. That That's all she said about it? Well, she may have said something else. I can't. I, I don't have a video. Yeah. The video didn't come through. All I have is the text part. But they, he, he says that she said that. Let me comment on one thing that was said on last night's show um, when you guys were discussing getting support from people who don't entirely value liberty to make the secession happen, mm -hmm. right? And there was some dispute on whether we want those people here. Right. And I would say, I, my opinion is yes, we want those people here because after they help us with the secession part, they are going to be easier to defeat than the federal government. Like, oh, interesting. We, we do not need to fear them rising up because we can take them. Well, I just figure they're allies because they want to secede. Like, and and right. that's really you know my but thing if, is like, but if they want to secede and then we secede and they try to turn it into a commie state, or if they try to take over, be the warlord, right? right? I like, want to rule New Hampshire. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. You yeah. can we can take them down. Right. Like that's that's not a problem. It's the federal government onslaught that would likely be a problem. Well, I'd like to believe, too, that like people who, you know, find secession to be, uh, you know, a solution, right? yes. an achievable goal, and they want to participate in doing so, uh, I would think that being exposed to a community of voluntarists, right, yes. might help them, like, learn and become more. Yes, right? you're optimistic, and, and if that happens, great. I'm not saying it's going to, but I'm just right. saying I would think that those people would be of a disposition where they would be prone to be more open to those ideas. Right, and then we don't have to worry about them. Right. Right? But the ones that don't change, that we do have to worry about, we can take them. You got here, you served your purpose, you tried to screw it up again, and you're out. Really? Well, I don't know. I mean, like I, like he's always always say, you know, the federal government. I went to the, the state government is so much more benign than the federal government. Like I went to an IR, IR uh, I went to like a uh, not an IRS, but like a, a state Department of Revenue office, sure, uh, and did a protest in there just to hold, just held a sign and then left. Basically, you know, nothing, nothing complicated. I did the exact same thing at this federal version of that same bureaucracy, the IRS. Mm -hmm. So okay, so the one that I did at the state. The state bureaucracy, the head of the state bureaucracy came out, shook my hand, and addressed my concerns. Um, at, at the IRS office, when I did an identical demonstration, they came, they arrested me. <laughs> I, I think you're making my case, right? Well, it's harder yeah, so, to take on uh, the feds than it is at the local level. Yeah, they're just they have they have no sense of accountability. But the, um, the other thing is, uh, speaking of the New Hampshire primary, I have uh, found a fantastic <laughs> calendar of all the events that, that are coming up so you can, you know, it's, it's difficult usually to find out where the candidates are going to be and everything. But uh, NBC Boston has put up a calendar. I don't know if they've got everything on it, but it'll tell you when and where to go question these candidates. Uh, and uh, so I, I posted a link to that on forum.shiresociety.com. Mm -hmm. uh, and just to make sure everyone can remember this, I will say forum.shiresociety. And you'll never get it out of your head. <laughs> Dave Ridley of RidleyReport.com. Thank you so much for the call. Have a great night. Uh, <laughs> that guy does good work, man. <laughs> Secession is one of those things where it's got to be on the same level um, in you know, when we're talking about it. It's like the Bitcoin thing. 
Like, oh, problems in the financial world? Like, Bitcoin fixes this. Yeah. Right? Problems in the political world? Like, secession fixes this. Right, yeah. You ought not be concerned about it. All you have to do is secede, and that huge problem goes away. Goes away. Yeah. For you, or anyway. Like, overnight. Yeah. You know, it'll, it'll create new, smaller problems, right? But as, as I'm confident, those smaller problems are easier to overcome yes. once we've overcome this large one. Yes. And, and especially if, you know, the people in New Hampshire uphold their own state motto. Right? Yeah. Live free or die, right? That's yeah. their state motto. Not, not even the whole quote. Just that portion of it is the state motto, live free or yep. die. Now, just that alone. Right. Should be enough, like even for people who have no idea what liberty philosophy is and you know, all that kind of stuff. But just the fact that the place you've grown up in says live free or die yeah. should give you that spirit. That's that's my trump card whenever I'm dealing with natives who don't want more freedom. Right. Like, what are you doing here? Like, I moved because of your state motto and you're not even living up to it. Yeah. You should move. Get out of here. Yeah. Your state motto says live free or die. Yeah. And you're asking for less freedom. Like, come on. What are we doing? I'm with you on that one. Um, all right. So moving into show prep for today. <laughs> this is a lengthy headline, but my God, is Worth it funny. It. Venezuela's Tokaron prison raided. Moment 11,000 cops storm notorious jail to find a zoo, casino, nightclub, Pool and supermarket after the trendy Aragua criminal gang was allowed to roam free for years. It's ironic that the cops have to storm a jail, right? Like a no knock raid on their property. It's not ironic. We're, we're it's coming beautiful. in. It's it's hilarious. It's beautiful. I mean, it is ironic, but it's hilarious. It's beautiful in that I love when government eats other government, so sure. to speak. You know, and. Like, first of all, the jail had to become so corrupt for all of this to occur in the first place, right? Yep. And then, of course, the government had to be like, whoa, we can't stand for this corruption. We must gather 11,000 yes. fellow people uh, to, to set What's the this- population of the prison where they I need 11,000 cops? <laughs> and like, like, is this going to become common practice now? And well, so let's also back it up a little bit, right? right. If it's run by a criminal gang, right? Uh, even if it wasn't corruption, right? It could have been easily done through threats against the guards, right? Like we've got people on the outside, you've got family on the outside. What's more important to you? Yeah, right. You collect your paycheck, sit in your booth, right, for your eight hours or however long your shift is, and then go home to your family. Otherwise, bad things happen. And and so whether or not it starts with corruption or starts with threats, it ends with this, and then those eleven thousand cops, right? Like you know what what what's going through their mind, knowing you know the risk that they're taking by raiding you, a gang run prison. How do you have a meeting with eleven thousand cops? You go, okay, here's what's going down. Yeah, you get the general and he gives it to the battalion leader, he gives it to the commander and Well, I mean, okay, yeah. or you just like rent the local stadium for a sure. day or something, right? The arena. Whatever that, or the yeah. PA system. Yeah. Or the theater or something. Roll call. Right? Something that'll hold eleven thousand anyway. Johnson. State fairgrounds, Johnson. maybe. Okay, so eleven thousand cops raid this prison. The Tokaron, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Tokaron, T O C O R O N. Tokaron. Tokaron. Um now, let's talk about what they found. First of all, a zoo. 
Good <laughs> enough for me. They found a zoo. Uh, there are How do you pictures, import an elephant? There are pictures in this particular article from the DailyMail.com or .co.uk. Sorry, DailyMail.co.uk. Uh, that show, I don't even know, man, like ostriches or something. Flam- I don't know, some sort okay. of weird bird that probably isn't native to Venezuela or whatever. Right. Right? They had, and, and the article will talk about it, but they found a zoo. I went to this prison zoo and they only had a dog. <laughs> Like, even if all they had was a dog, that's still <laughs> for a prison, right? That's just like, really? You've got a dog here, yeah. right? Uh, but that's not all. That's okay. just the first of many things. They also found a casino. All right. Now, what does that mean? Do they have, like, slot machines? Do they a have- A deck of cards you know, and some the, dice? the roulette table? Gotta or, have the you roulette know, table. I mean- uh, Can I find Baccarat? Baccarat. Ooh, nice. Uh, they also found a nightclub. Uh, so what does that mean? Was there like... After lockdown? Yeah. Was there like, you know, a DJ with two turntables and a microphone? Did they have live bands? That's where it's at. Did they have, you know what I mean? Was it a dueling piano situation? Did they have cocktail waitresses? These are the things I want to know. You know, what, And where'd they get the cocktail waitresses? Did they kick people out if they didn't have the right stamp on the back of their hand? The wrong prison tattoo. <laughs> These are the things I want to know. About, you better cover that up. But this nightclub. Uh... It says just pool. Now, I okay. know because I've skimmed the article that they're not talking about a pool table. Swimming they're talking pool. about a swimming pool. All right. There's a swimming pool. in Now, maybe, do prisons have swimming pools? Not I that mean, I'm like, I, this one did. Okay. And it's not even like an industrial looking thing. It looks like something out of like, I don't know, a, a waterfront property in Hollywood or something, right? All right. You know, it's. It's not a, a rectangle. It's like a, you know, funky shaped round at one end. And How it's do got I a join deep, this you gang? Know, they're living way more lavishly than me. But wait, there's okay, more. Right. <laughs> this is just from the, the headline. All right. They also found a supermarket. Okay. Now well, you got to shop for groceries. Okay. So first of all, the word supermarket means something different, right? Like in my mind, I would think that they would have something akin to a neighborhood convenience store. Okay. Right. They got like extra toilet paper that's too version. high priced and you could get like deodorant and maybe cigarettes or something there, right? You know, but prison price, right? So not, you know, street price. Uh but like they chose to use the word supermarket. So I'm curious if they're gonna reveal just what that means because Fresh produce, imported fish. A supermarket implies supermarket. Yeah. Right, it's bigger than a market. Yes, yeah. That it's super, and it's got all the stuff. It's got you know the fresh vegetables. It's got a deli. It's got you know. I mean, that's what I'm thinking in my mind. They've used the word, so I don't know what what the answer is there. But you go we, to the prison we'll deli, and like, can I get the filet mignon tonight? <laughs> yeah, that'll be I'm three a, packs of cigarettes. I'm throwing a little shindig for me and the boys. Can you cut up some uh, some real nice ribeyes for me? Yeah, yeah. The Venezuelan government has regained <laughs> regained the Venezuelan <laughs> government has regained control, or so they think. <laughs> they just wanted to, like, you know, play some cards, take a dip in the pool, right? And the the prison wouldn't let them in. Yeah, right. That's probably what happened. They weren't corrupt enough to be let in. They didn't have the correct prison tattoo to get through the door. Uh, yeah, you got to have your stamp. Don't you know this from nightclubs? Right. There's gang member bouncers st- standing at the gate, <laughs> just Guard- like a regular nightclub. <laughs> Guarding the Weird. prisoners from entry. You could easily let them out, but no. 
With a swimming pool, a supermarket, and a nightclub, who would want to leave? All right. I'm going to try and read this because it's, right, one, it's one sentence. The Venezuelan government has regained control of a prison that had been under the rule of the country's most powerful gang, which built its own mini city within the jail walls that featured a zoo, a club, and a swimming pool. Second most powerful gang. The government is still in control. <laughs> yeah. The government deployed 11,000 cops and soldiers Wednesday to the Tocaron prison, which doubled as the Tren de Aguara's headquarters in the north-central state of Aragua. The notorious criminal group set up small shacks where some members lived with their families. All right. And had access to satellite television and the internet. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> I'm in. What do I got to do? <laughs> I go to jail in Venezuela, apparently. No, but you got to be in the gang. You can't be just another prisoner. You're not going to be in the club. You yeah, gotta... but I mean, once you're in there, you can make friends, right? I don't you know. You, could, you know, figure out a way to work for him or something. All right. right. I mean, I don't know. I'm not doing what it takes after I get into prison. I want to do what it takes so I get some respect when I get into prison. Oh. Well, I'm not going to hold on to any pockets while I'm there. <laughs> Jesus. What do you take me for? The trendy Aragua Zoo is said to have housed <laughs> tigers, lions, crocodiles, and pumas that were used to challenge prisoners and the authority of government officials. There you go. Oh, my. Is that all it takes? <laughs> Can we import some crocodiles and some pumas to New Hampshire? Tigers and lions take and bears. Oh, my. Ferocious cats. They had a zoo with tigers, lions, crocodiles, and pumas. Just missing the bears. Yeah. Like, uh... To fend off the state, though. Yeah. Right? Like, into those animals were good enough to, like, fend off any other cops that would come in. Out. Until they figured out how to gather 11,000 of them. Well, to, you know, take it back. Strength in numbers, right? man. Apparently. Uh, that's, I mean, you know, I'm You can thinking- get all that in. You can't get firearms through that gate. <laughs> Or do they know they're just going to take it back once they leave? It's like the U.S. leaving Afghanistan. The gang had its own nightclub. We're just going to wait them out. Okay, do your raid, shake us down, and then leave so we can get back to nightclub business. Uh, there's, There's more ridiculousness to this story. It is just amazing what they were able to achieve within the walls of a Venezuelan prison. It's Free Talk Live. The number is 603-283-6160. More coming up. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by that treasury. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya Protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. 
agrees with me. He says, yeah. Yeah. We are back. Back we are. We are. You could be here, too, if you were to dial 603-283-6160. That's the phone number here in the studio of Free Talk Live. You'd be here in voice only. Huh? Your physical body would not be here, but your voice would be. Yes, you yeah. could be with us on the show okay. being broadcast. Yes. Yes, as in here on the okay. broadcast. Okay. Not here physically as in the same space that you and I But you could also be here in the studio if you just visited Keene, New Hampshire at some point. I mean, we've had many a visitor here in the studio before. I'm sure it will happen again. Yeah. That being said, in the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. And Richie Rich. We've been talking about this article from the <coughs> dailymail.co.uk in which a prison in Venezuela was raided by 11,000 cops. And they found inside that there was a zoo, a casino, a nightclub, a pool, and a supermarket after the trendy Aragua criminal gang was allowed to roam free for years. Probably had a more stable currency than the Venezuelan government, too. Uh, apparently, the zoo housed tigers, lions, crocodiles, and pumas, and they were used to challenge the prisoners and the authority of government officials. That we, means they were feeding those things too, right? Like you couldn't you couldn't get away feeding all the prisoners with regular prison food, but you got the supermarket. Do you suppose and then the pet section? They fed them prisoners. Oh, I'm sure at some point. You know, like uh, I don't know if that's like the regular diet, but. If you're gonna if you're gonna use those things for defense, right, and authority, I'm just saying all the uh, television and movies portray prison as a violent place, and I assume that if it's run by gangs, uh, that there's still violence inside, and if somebody gets out of line and gets taken out, uh, you know, they're, they're dead, and then yeah. what are you gonna do with them, right? You well, gonna bury them? No, you're gonna yeah. feed them to the zoo animals, right? I just much like on the outside, I don't think that there's that steady a level of violence. I don't think it's, they're murdering like one prisoner a day right. to feed to the animals. Right. Right. Like but I'm just saying, like, yeah. on the occasion, a guy, you know, yeah. got shivved or whatever. I'm sure they've eaten human right. beings. You know. Especially the crocodile. <laughs> There's a lot more to say about this, but first, let's go to your calls and thoughts. Uh, unscreened caller, what's your name? You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, caller. Hello, caller. This is why we screen calls, to make sure that the caller is there and we have audio. Uh, caller, if you can hear us, please try back. All right, we'll continue with the story. I mean, we took a call earlier, so we know it works. Yeah, Blame it the does. caller on this one. Uh, at any rate, the gang also had its own nightclub yep. named Tokyo, but spelled with an I. Oh. Tokyo. Tokyo. Spanish for the Japanese city, apparently. So that's All just, right. you know. Uh, in Tokyo, inside the nightclub, uh, the inmates regularly partied in a restaurant. There was a restaurant. Serving fresh sushi. Where prisoners dined with their visitors. All right. Imagine like you're in, you're in prison and like I don't know, your brother or something comes to see you and you're like, hey, come on, let's have dinner, man. Where are we going? You Tokyo? Know? Oh, they got ribs here. <laughs> yeah. Know, like, come on, man. Oh my gosh. See, again, right, Venezuelans on the outside, starving, prisoners, restaurant, uh, there's, to bring visitors. There's more to say. Let's let's check on the caller. Caller. 
It's Ricky from the Commonwealth there, Brother Captain. Well, hello, Ricky from the Commonwealth. What's going on tonight? Well, good evening, Brother Richie. This is his second comeback. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is part three of my bricks trilogy see, he's on it. the veteran minimum contract now oh okay right and so like he's, he's on ambassador? a snap count okay. he rarely practices and you know he only gets in a couple of plays per month now all right just to keep his medical benefits yeah yeah all right what the hell has this got to do with me uh, i don't know you're a veteran okay right? nonetheless this part three of my bricks trilogy you know i mean when uh egypt and Saudi Arabia that morning entered the BRICS alliance. It all came clear, you know, and I did the analysis. And then after that, I pointed out economic oblivion. But part three of my trilogy, I wanted to focus a little bit on that because I heard Peakless Mountaineer use the word pain, you know, and and, and it's worse than that. I, it's more like suffering. Yeah, years are suffering. Yeah, well, kind of. You know, Ricky mean, from has, the Commonwealth. He brings the suffering. No doubt, I'm the breath of fresh air. You know, <laughs> I mean, we I never. I mean, we have 330 million people. Okay, uh, this is something that's never happened to a country with 330 million people. It's going to be worse than that too, because not only, like I said, is the money be completely worthless, and we're not going to be able to pay our workers. The problem is our gold's going to be worthless. Sorry to say, because Drix isn't going to be interested in our gold, and they don't need it either. And there's only a couple good things coming out of this, if you want to call it that. Uh, Well, wait a minute, minute, Ricky. It it doesn't matter if nations value gold, right? It only matters if individuals value gold, because that makes it an instrument of trade. It's already an instrument of trade. I mean, we could trade the gold amongst ourselves, but the problem is... Things are going to be so bad economically. I mean, what is is the value here? I mean, you know, it's going to be very difficult, you know? Well, the market Uh, will figure it out, man. People that produce things are going to know what they want to get for it. We're going to figure it out if we survive it. Now, here's here's the only good things I can see coming out of this, and and it will be oblivion. Uh, First off, uh, the top one percent of the people on the street will be equally worthless. I mean, that's that's actually a plus, you know. So it'll kind of bring people together out of necessity. Now, also, I didn't want to see it this way, but uh, you know, everybody's going to carry a gun. You know, in fact, I I predict the government themselves most likely will blow the FFL away and encourage it. You know. So it'll be but, like New uh, Hampshire then. Uh. Everywhere will be like New Hampshire, <laughs> you know? So we win. But here's another one I didn't bring up because it was so obvious, you know? It's odd because in 2025, you know, I have a campaign manager now, you know, and in 2025, I'm going to Your mom does not again. count as a campaign manager. <laughs> Hey, hey, oh, oh, come on. I, I got I got <laughs> things going on this time. Everybody's going to love it, I tell you. But, you know... You know, I'm running for 2025, and it's for the 2026 election. Now, that's the year we're going to suffer. Wait, what are you running for? Dog catcher. Representative of District 189. Of Pennsylvania? Commonwealth. The Commonwealth, Pennsylvania. That's right. Currently uh, held by, this is old school, (laughs) Representative Probst, you (laughs) say. Yeah, screw her. 
But uh, the fact of the matter is 2026, if you take 2026, that's the election year, you see. That's the year we're going to suffer. You know, and if you deduct 250 uh, from that, you'd come up with a magic number. You know, that wasn't an accident by bricks. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's funny because I thought about, well, I guess I could blame it on the federal government. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, I mean, we know what you mean. That's just what I run, you know. Ricky, do you smoke marijuana? Uh, whenever I can, yeah. Uh, I mean, that, is that okay with you, Captain? Totally okay with me. Oh, I well, you know, I've known to put some crystal up my nose too, you know. I mean, as long as you're not harming anybody or anybody else's property, whatever you do, it's totally up to you, man. Well, you've heard my story when I use those two examples about the non-aggression principle. You know, I mean. That that's the only time I ever hurt. I think I ever harmed anybody in my life. I was just listening you know? to you, and I was like, I wonder if he's stoned right now. Well, why? sounds more because like he's suffered a stroke. Funny? Yeah. No, no, you just sound high, man. No, that's me being natural. That's that's who <laughs> I am. Well, wait till I start running, because you know I'm gonna start wearing the battle flag again. The beginning of October. Uh, you know, you realize that running for an office doesn't mean you have to do any actual running, right? The second coming of John Fetterman. Oh well, see, that's the thing. I call it the Commonwealth Tour. <laughs> Ricky's see, in a tracksuit. <laughs> there's a lot of crazy stuff gonna be happening. He's in got the a hoodie and some basketball shorts on. You see, Trump as an example, he got all this. All money. Right, well, Hey, Ricky, yeah, I got to take roll, some other man. calls, man. Good luck on your campaign. Call us back. No Let us know doubt, how it goes. No doubt. <laughs> I don't a, know what he was Rick, talking Rick about tracks at all. Like running for your office. I was completely lost. Bricks is going to destroy the economy and something or other. People won't yeah, trade gold. All right. And this was part three of his trilogy somehow. I'm like, right. what happened to the first two parts? And as, I as mean, bad as the uh, sequel trilogy was, it was better than that. <laughs> Let's move on to Jerome in South Carolina. Jerome, you are on Free Talk Live. Trump train! Choo -choo! Thank you. Shalom, 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 shalom. Is that a hey, Jewish Trump train? But, hey, by the way, how about the um, Chris Christie train? He's fat enough to be a train. He's too yeah. wide to even He's fit down the tracks. He's fat enough to be a caboose. He needs to form his own snack food company, and his flagship product should be the Chris Christie Crisp Krispies. Fried chicken and uh, dumplings. I don't think he'd be good at fried chicken. He's from the Northeast. <laughs> hey, northern people eat fried chicken. Have you ever? Eaten yeah, but fried northern people don't need to make all? fried chicken. Yes, they need to go Why to not? some southern place to buy the fried chicken, or get somebody from the, the south, south to yeah. come up to the north and open the joint or run the joint for them to do the hey, cooking. I know. I know this might be a shock to you, but I bet there are fried chicken places where you have Vermont, right? New no, Hampshire. New I Hampshire. There are people in Vermont. Just, oh well, New Hampshire. Oh yeah, I forgot. I love your governor. Not anyway. <laughs> we don't love him either. Yeah. Continue, Jerome. Chris, that Chris Christie man. No, we're that talking about fried. No, I don't, I don't care about that guy. We're talking about fried chicken. It's important. No, I don't want to talk about. I want to talk about Chris. You want to talk about fried chicken? Come on, Kreme. man. Fried Krispy chicken is Kreme. way more important than politics. Crispy, crispy, cream, crispy. <laughs> if there was a Krispy Kreme up here, I'd be in heaven. The best fried chicken I ever had was by some ancient grandmother in a, a, a two cast iron skillets 
on the stove using real lard, not Crisco, not, you know what I mean? Uh, And she did the the coating herself, whatever that was. It was flour and some seasonings and whatever, and just had the, 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 you know, the lard melted to the right point. And then like, oh my God, it was so delicious. And she would do thighs, legs, breasts, didn't matter. It was the most delicious Southern fried chicken I've ever had out of Alabama of all places. Now, I've also had uh, uh, actual Kentucky fried chicken, not the the franchise, but like, you know, a restaurant where like home style fried chicken, right? Delicious, right? The South makes some of the most delicious food on planet Earth. So I've never been to the South in that capacity, but the best fried chicken I've had, Mm -hmm. uh, there's a bar in Spokane called Wheezes, and that was the best fried chicken I've eaten in my life. Nice. Now, Southern I style. Watch, Southern I style. To, yeah. I watched. I watched Chris Christie on on uh, on Meet the Meet the Depressed this morning. Meet the Depressed. And, was he eating nice. a bucket of fried chicken in his appearance? <laughs> no, but he would have made more sense if he was, because he's just so full of crap, you know. And then I maybe he should open a fried chicken day. joint. Chris Chris no, Christie's crispy chicken. Yeah. He'd probably eat up all the profits anyway. Then I had to watch the game today. With no, the no, I've was, decided now it should just be called fans. Chris Crispies. Yep, that's that's all it should be called. Chris Crispies fried chicken. <laughs> then I had to watch the game today, and he's up there with Jerry Jones again. Are you talking hey, about football we now? Get it, Jerry, you're a Republican. We get it, Jerry. Jerry Jones, you're a Republican because you're sitting up there with a fat, dumb Republican who thinks he's going to be president. Wait, is Jerry Jones, Jones a Republican? I can't hey, imagine him not being. If he hangs out with him, he is. I don't hang out with Republicans. I've never I'm paid attention to like the politics of NFL team owners. I mean, that's fair. I don't... Hmm. If if they I, had the liberal philosophy, I don't think they'd be as well off as they are. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They have to be, yeah, but, you know... Uh, uh, entrepreneurs at some level, right. right? To to run and own a business of that magnitude. That's what I'm suggesting. Yeah. He, hey, Chris, Chris, Krispy Kreme, Chris, Krispy. It's fried chicken, Jerome. Jeez, man, how long you been on this call? He was. Oh man, what if? He, nah, he's like his enemy. He's like. What if you fried Trump's the donuts like in chicken oil? Him, nah. Jerome, have you ever had you know, donuts fried in uh, chicken grease, chicken oil? I stay away from fattening stuff. Even How good would that be, though? Me thinks Look, really. That stuff ain't yeah. good for you, man. See, you young. I, mean, I got a bacon glazed donut, donut that was delicious. I'm an older person, man. I can't be eating that stuff. I, I saw this recently. Well, you can appreciate how good it would be, though. Yeah, I saw this no, recently. No, that grease ain't good for you, man. This I is didn't not say good, good for you. I said no, good. Check this out. You get yeah. a, a large onion, right, and you cut it in half. Okay. And then you cut like big, thick. Uh, you know, onion ring style rings out of it. So you oh, just yeah. core okay. the center, and sure. you only use the thickest uh, outermost uh, rings. They have to be intact rings. Okay. And then you take regular ground beef, right, and yeah. you just sort of uh, mash it into the inside of the ring, okay. right, of the onion ring itself. There's no batter on it or anything at this point. Then you take and you wrap this sort of uh, onion ring with a ring of ground beef in it. You wrap it with bacon. Okay. Right until it's covered in bacon, and then you either bake it in the oven or you drop it you into wait? into some. How much do you weigh? How much do you weigh? Uh, do you weigh? Well, you know enough to hold me down. About three hundred and fifty pounds out there. Yeah, no, it's much much less than that. 
No, no, I am fat. No, we're definitely yeah. fatties. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I love to eat Durham. It's it's no uh, secret. You need to call right? your doctor to have your cholesterol checked. No, I need to open a you, series of food joints because add, these things you, I describe are delicious. <laughs> you add Krispy Kreme Krispy. I'm just saying, imagine... Would he sue you if you patented that as the name of your restaurant? <laughs> the Chris Krispies Fried Chicken? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make a caricature of his face yeah. so it's not exactly his face? Take Krispy advantage of that? All you can, he should have the all-you-can-eat buffet. No, that's how you lose money. Did you he, know, hey, Jerome, he's that... Had a few, he's, he's already had a few all-you-can-eat buffets. If you look at him, he thinks he looks good now because he's always on TV. What? Why does he like? Where's he? Where's he gonna look in the mirror? Jerome, do you know that buffet is an acronym for what? Big ugly fat frackers eating together. Ah. Hey, thanks for the call. The wonderful Jerome. thing about having money or power is you don't have to look good. You can when, still get laid. When when uh when or being a dude. Yeah. Right? Uh when when Jerome starts making like noises like he can't breathe anymore, I think that's You should have kept him on the phone. You know. We might have had to call medical help for him. <laughs> now we'll never know. If he doesn't call in again, like, man, we pushed him over the edge with that Chris Christie's thing. He's got life alert or something, right. yeah, I'm sure. He's he seems like the type of dude. All right. I think he'll be okay. Does he really seem like the dude to have life alert? I don't know, but okay. I, I don't. Uh, he seems like the dude to not have other friends. Which is why he calls us on <laughs> a Sunday evening. Yeah. <laughs> Life Alert's going to answer the phone like, oh, it's Jerome again. What do you want this time? Can't you call that radio show? Uh, let's move on to this unscreened caller. You're on Free Talk Live. What's your name, please? Uh, Hayden Fox. I'm sorry, what? Uh, Hayden Fox. Hello, Hayden. You're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Uh, not much, really. I just call. Good reason uh, to call. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, the What's one up with you guys? The, the what? Huh? Nothing. What? What? Go ahead. The one guy before uh, Jerome was just absolutely all over the place. So. Yeah, you got to get used to that. <laughs> That's Actually, Ricky not- from the Commonwealth. You see. Yeah, like who who refers to. Uh, the area is Commonwealth anymore. That's an outdated statement. I, I yeah, I mean, but also like, do you hear the way he talks? He claims to be from that area, but I don't know how you can talk like a foghorn leghorn when you're from Pennsylvania. Oh, he didn't sound like he was from Pennsylvania at all. <laughs> no, I the one good thing about him running it. for a politician is he's good at like never getting to the point. Yeah, and just talking uh-huh. around the issue. He's the filibuster uh, guy. Yeah, right. Like when they're in their session and you need a guy to just stand there and say a whole bunch of nothing for like three days or whatever it is yeah. they do, and they stage these filibusters. That's the guy you want up there doing that. This is your moment, Ricky. Yeah, it's yeah. filibuster time. Somebody grab Ricky. It's time for the filibuster. Now, I do got to agree with you guys on the uh, South that actually has the best food. I'm actually in North Carolina right now. and Barbecue. Yeah. We do have really good barbecue here, but now our catfish is the best. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've been to a good restaurant in New Hampshire. Ooh. I'm open. I've tried I've, many I've, different ones. I've been to New Hampshire a couple of times, and yeah, I've never had good food there. Yeah. This, uh, this like I don't like leaving the state, but if I really want good food, it's either like a chain restaurant because I know it's consistent or I got to leave the state. 
this uh, barbecue joint that opened up in Marlboro. Smokehouse? Uh, smokehouse, H-A-U-S. Smokehouse. Yeah. Okay. Smokehouse. It's sure. legit. It's legit. Their brisket's great. Um, th- I've never, I've been to many, many barbecue joints. I've never been to a, a barbecue joint. This is wood fired, you know, uh, nice ring around the brisket, right? You know, the okay. different colors, all that kind of stuff. I've never been to a barbecue joint that when you order the brisket, they go, do you want fatty, lean, or mixed? Ooh. I have thought, you guys heard, yeah. uh, sorry to interrupt you yeah. guys, but have you guys heard of that, um, cult deli called yellow deli? They're like all over the world. It's like a kind of like Amish uh, deli, no. almost. Like the people all live there. It's like a whole community. They run the restaurant and live in the restaurant. Okay. I've where is this, this? Where is this located? If it's just one Amish deli? Oh no, it's not one. There's okay. like some in Germany. There's a couple in England. There's one in Hickory, North Carolina. Not not Hickory. Okay. Um, what what's um, so aside from the fact that they live in the restaurant, what makes this yellow deli special? More of like um community wise, because like it, they have multiple chains all over the world and it's kinda like a whole religion based restaurant. Okay. I, I think it's kind of a... So you have to say no grace before they'll give you your food? <laughs> and is Not the really. what is the name of the, the chain? Yellow deli. How is it spelled? Spelled just like yellow, uh, Y E L L O W. Okay, and then Delhi, like D E L I or D E L H I. That would be New, New Delhi, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, hang on. I think I found it. Welcome Cap- to the Yellow Delhi. Captain's googling. Biblical Falls. No, I'm using the search engine of my choice, oh, okay. which is not Google. Oh, uh, that's probably why you can't find it then. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's one in Oak Hill, New York. Apparently. Until what I'm looking for no longer is on the first page of Google. I'm there's, sticking with there's it. There's one in Hidden Night, wherever Hidden Night is, North Carolina. Yeah, that's the one I was actually, I went to. And so, like, okay, so you went to it. What what's did you think? What's the experience? Yeah, yeah, what's the experience like? It wasn't that bad. It was, um... I don't know how to describe it, really, to be honest with you. It did you have a they hot put meat on bread? Did you have a hot steamed sandwich while you were there? No, it was more of like a tomato, like a uh, kind of like kind of like a pizza sub almost. Apparently, hot steamed sandwiches are their specialty. Okay, they've been serving hot steamed deli sandwiches since their beginnings in the 1970s. The bread and rolls are all made in house, and you can try the deli rose or the Reuben if you're avoiding meat. We think you'll love the veggie burger or the yellow submarine. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Is I, it on like wood fired stoves then? Because they're I, Amish. Yeah, I've 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 read enough. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. I've read enough. Their website is annoying enough that I'm like, okay, I've it's, seen enough. The Amish people have a website that says something right there. <laughs> it didn't say anything about Amish, Amish at all, but oh. yeah. described it as Amish because it's like the best way to describe it. I don't know. Okay. I guess so, all right. more old taverny kind of people. I don't know. See, when you say tavern, I immediately think booze. Yeah. Speakeasy. Yeah. Although tavern, like in most places now, legally anyway, tavern refers to beer and wine only. All right. And bar refers to beer, wine, and hard alcohol. Are we really going to let the government define where we're going? Well, they already have, so. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I 
I'm no, 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 we're not going to the tavern tonight. I want a shot. We must go to the bar. Right, like um, there used to be a thing called Public House, and you still see these today. And hey, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate you. Uh, you still see these today, but they're just a place where you can buy beer. All right. Right. But a public house used to literally be that. It's just a place where the public could go. Uh, you could bring beer or you could barter and trade with people and, and that kind of a stuff. But 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live is coming up. Our number two is next. Eleutheromania, the insatiable desire for freedom. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. sound effects. These are all what I like to call human sound effects, where you make the delay, delay, all by yourself. So, in a theater, a theatry, a theatry, yes. your voice will echo throughout, but a bird's coo will not. Um, well, Do you know why that is? <clears throat> it, it depends on the theater. The answer is acoustics. Dad jokes, 101, <laughs> with Richie Rich. I had to get the punchline in there before he started explaining it to me. On, to, on tonight's <laughs> edition of Dad Jokes on Free Talk Live, it'll be Richie Rich telling us an ancient knee slapper. Yeah. <laughs> 603-283-6160 is the number if you would like to join us tonight. It is Free Talk Live in the studio. It's myself, the captain. And Richie Rich. Uh, this hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash. Digital cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Tired of ever inflating U.S. dollars? Well, you can live your life on Dash instead with some handy websites. BitRefill.com has been accepting Dash for years and has a ton of big-name retailers and brands, including grocers, gas stations, phone refills, Amazon, and even prepaid MasterCards. Plus, many of their gift cards are available at a discount. What about paying your bills? Spritz.finance can do that, and they can send dollars to your bank account in case you still need those for some reason. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and easy to use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Big thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn more about Dash. That's Dash.org. Were you, were you trying to say something? No. Nope. Nope. All right. Well, then let's move on to some of your calls and thoughts. This is uh, Squidward calling from his mom's basement here on Free Talk Live. By day, I'm a mild-mannered BitConnect millionaire, but by night, I become a libertarian's worst nightmare. Your boy, young skeet. Well, the only reason you're the nightmare is because you call in with nonsense. 
Yeah, like, and it's not even good arguments. And no, you're not our worst nonsense. nightmare either, really, because you you're just an individual, right? And as an wait, individualist, wait, wait, wait. no, you wait. You guys, as an individualist, guys... oh, we're going to get started this way already. All right. As an individualist, <laughs> I put them on hold. Uh, as an individualist, uh, an individual is uh, not my worst nightmare, nor even close. Because when I have to deal with individuals on an individual basis, I can do so to my satisfaction. Uh, when it comes to dealing with, oh, I don't know, a giant organization of death and destruction, uh, I can't deal with that individually to my satisfaction. The murderment? The murderment, yes. All right. All right. Let's put Squidward back on. Yeah, so I've decided to rebrand my ethic, or at least have an alternative title, calling myself Nonsense. an evolutionary capitalist, as in an evil cap instead of an ancrap. Someone who advocates for a true market and not a free one. You can't build a pure market ethic with a non-aggression principle, rights, homesteading, or freedom as a foundation. Doing so creates dilemmas, contradictions, and ultimately untenable positions. You cannot criticize government based on legitimacy again, or aggression. Since by implicit contract, we all consent to the rules and judgments of the democratic system. What if this is These like his manifesto? That well, then cut him off again. All right. All right. All right, we'll put him on hold again. Okay, so here's... What if that's like his manifesto? What if he's like, you know, one of these guys? When he calls in, this is this is uh, the argumentative technique, right, called the gish gallop. The you might, gish gallop? Gish gallop. Look it up if you want do to. You don't, to. No, you don't have to. Man, I'm just saying. And what he wants to do, and this is why the last time I was here, and I've done this with you as well, mm -hmm. you have to cut people off when they're starting their foundational premise. You can't let them build an argument off a false premise or a premise you disagree with. The gish gallop is a rhetorical technique in which a person in debate attempts to overwhelm their opponent by providing an excessive number of arguments with no regard for the accuracy or strength of those arguments. Right. Gish galloping prioritizes the quantity of the galloper's arguments at the expense of their quality. This sounds exactly like Squidward. So what he, what he wants to do is have unabated time to put forth this entire argumentative structure, yeah. right? But if you disagree with the first premise, the whole structure falls apart. Right. The rest of it the behind of, it, right? Right. It just dominoes because you just like it doesn't count. It's like ordering your really long coffee at Starbucks or whatever, right? It's got seventeen names or whatever. And as soon as they screw up the second ingredient, the Forget whole thing it. is like they started done. with tea and it doesn't right. falls apart. Right. So you, so when I when I cut him off, and I've done this to you as well once, at least once, Kevin. Right, I, I I disagree with your premise. We sure. have to we have to we have to work backwards. Right, you, the the premise you are starting with is not axiomatic. We don't agree. We have to work from an argument to get there. You yep. have to find another mm -hmm. commonality with me, right. so that we can get to your premise and convince me of it. Agrees on some definitions, stuff right. like that, right? And so we'll never get past the subjective theory of value with him, right? Because we don't agree on it, and he tries to blow past it, right? By going like, oh, I just value is objective, right? And then boom, and then he's off to the next one. And you got to cut them off there. All right, Gish Gillup, you're on Don't Free Talk Live. Don't about logic, boy. I've written mathematical proofs for a good four years. I and I'll know bet how they're all wrong. I don't know how to construct a valid argument. Valid does, also doesn't mean anything. truthful. Especially when you teach stupid stuff like non-aggression. That See? doesn't work with the market. <laughs> the market works all right. on See, again, right, the, the, the validity of the argument can you know an, an argument can be valid and wrong? Yes, because it follows the the logical valid structure right. of an argument, right? A equals A and 
A equals B and B equals C, so A equals C. Yes, right? That's that's valid and wrong. So he can have valid arguments mm-hmm. all night long. Yeah. But if you disagree with the premise, it's still wrong in right. the end. Right. Agreed. Guess wrong, go up. wrong. That is a sound argument, dummy. Not a valid one. Do you know the difference between a valid and sound argument? Do you need to go back to mathematical school and learn to write a real proof, boy? Stop reading stuff on the internet. I'm not reading anything on the internet. I'm not in front of the computer. Yeah, actually, he he spouted that. You You don't know what you're talking about. Hey, Gishkalup. So let me rant, because you do not know logic. No, this isn't called Rant Talk Live. Thanks for the call, Scooter. (laughs) He should get a little more upset, I think. You know? His mob's going to call down. Is everything okay down there, Scooty? I I can hear the spittle hitting the receiver of the phone. Yeah. You know, as as he whines and cries. About how we should let him rant. No, no, that's not what we do here. It's not it's not called rant talk live yeah. or free rant live, right? If you're going to talk live, if you're going to make an argument and you want it talking. to be valid and truthful or sound, well, whatever. Yeah, you know, you you gotta you gotta get agreement on the foundational premise and build from there. Here's a sound argument. I think that Scooter sounded terrible. Yeah, was, sound argument. It's a Batman voice. Uh, it's your world. boy. It's your boy. He's been listening to Zeus doing his Zeus commercials. So, he can't even hold a lighter to Zeus's fart. Well, but he is he is imitating, <laughs> right? At at least trying his very best. Uh, all right. Moving right along, we've got Sarah in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Sarah. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. I was calling... <laughs> Sarah, we can't hear you. You're muted or something. Call us back. The pedestrians <laughs> in New Mexico, they're just trying to cross the street. And all of a sudden, the horses are coming by. A sound argument. I argue that Squidward sounds terrible. That's a sound argument. I accept that premise. Build from there. All right. Uh, I want to circle back then to Venezuela's. Tocaron prison raided. Tocaron. 11,000 cops storm notorious jail to find a zoo, a casino, a nightclub, a pool, and a supermarket after the uh, Tren de Aragua criminal gang was allowed to roam free uh, for years. Uh, so they had their, there was also a nightclub named Tokyo, uh, which, and there was also a restaurant possibly within the nightclub where prisoners dined with their visitors. Was, I thought that was Tokyo. There's another restaurant? Mm. There's the Tokyo restaurant? Or the, the gang had its own nightclub named Tokyo. Oh, okay. All right, all right. Where inmates regularly partied, comma, and, and they used a comma. Okay. And a restaurant where prisoners dined with their visitors. Sorry, it's been so long since you read that paragraph the first time I missed it. Respect. <laughs> there was also a baseball field. What? <laughs> <laughs> A room where gambling activities took place, and another where, this is my favorite part, where inmates illegally mined cryptocurrency. Nice. <laughs> They're making more money in there than the regular people in Venezuela. The state's paying for the electricity, arguably. Yeah. They got crypto miners in there. <laughs> That's the way you pay off the, the guards right oh there. My God. Slip them a little bit of Bitcoin here and there. Like, dude, go buy your family some food. From Columbia, Riley, if you're listening, like put a put a star next to this one when you make the uh, the digest because this might be one of the best articles we've ever had on it, Free Talk Live. Is it a full baseball field? Like you got the 300 foot homers in there? It, it 
that you're importing bats I, and balls? I don't know. They haven't described it more, but they do say they also built a swimming pool below the ground that was located next to a play area for children. All right. Uh, they've got a couple of pictures here. So I there's see. a play. So there's a play area for children. In jail. In a prison. Because they're bringing their family and their friends in. And, you know, if you're going to go to the nightclub, the children have have to have something to do. So you send them to the swing set for a little bit next to the swimming pool. Oh, man, this pool looks fancy as F, too, man. It is It is really nice. It's There's, a real pool. It's not only a real pool, but something you'd see in, like, I don't know, an expensive mansion, right? It's, it's like a pool. It's got, like... Like this is the Embassy Suites pool, not the Holiday Inn. It's a pool. large sort of informal figure eight. There's like obviously a wading pool connected to it. There's a bridge that goes over the entire pool, like a walking bridge. So if you want to get from one side of the pool to the other side of the pool without walking around the pool, you can just walk was, over the okay. pool. Okay, that's lazy, but all right. And it is indeed right next to, as they say, the children's play area, complete with. Uh, a couple, two or three different large jungle gyms with the fancy swirly slides okay. and all that kind of stuff and the plastic sides that are, you know, makes it look like a giant play school thing. They snuck all this in the laundry truck, right? <laughs> like right past the carts. I don't, I don't know about snuck. Uh, there's a picture of what appear to be a pair of uh, big cats that might be ocelots uh, that were seen in, in the zoo, in the prison. Uh, the baseball field, they have a picture of it. Oh, man, it's legit. It's got stadium-style stands. Holy cow. Uh, covered, no less. So, like, if it rains, the spectators can remain it's dry. It's better than most high school baseball fields. It literally does look better than most baseball fields. Um, okay, all right, okay. Back, back to the beginning. Wait, I'm right. sorry. I You missed something? They, no, they might mention this in the article, but I didn't see this when I skimmed the article earlier. They have what I can only describe as a large grass-roofed uh, uh, arena. All right. And the caption says, The Trendy Aragua controlled the Tokoron Penitentiary Center, which had its own cockfighting ring. All right. I'm fine with that. I That's a cultural thing. I, I don't care. Like, I didn't see that earlier. Um, I eat meat. I don't care if animals fight. What was your other question? Oh, I'm just okay. So they they've they've done all this. Yes. To the prison, right? These are like you know the the bad dudes of the country. Right. They have all of this niceties and necessities in prison within the confines of their walls. They're obviously not a a threat to the public, right? They just let them go. Okay. Why bother with the raid? It's like Escape from New York, right? Sure. You know, you've tossed them inside the walls. They're doing whatever. Let them do whatever. Right? You know? Um, yeah, if they're no threat to anybody else. I mean, th- theoretically, the only reason to incarcerate people is because they're a violent threat to the public outside. Right. right? O- otherwise, there are better ways to uh, to do justice and restitutions and some sort of punishment for wrongdoing. Yeah. Right? But the incarceration part is you're a threat to those outside. Yep. We can't let you be around the general public. So they're already in the walls. Right. Just let them have it. Right. Yeah. If you if you get if you get arrested and you get in, you get uh, sentenced to prison, you know, you, you're in the walls, well, you're a threat to the public, and that's fine. It's I think like you, Australia. I think you touched smaller. on it earlier though. I think that this is um an illustration of how the state is literally just another gang. 
Oh, yeah, that's true. And this it, this is like if you're coming at it from a position of, you know, citizens and like, are these criminals? And if so, are they a threat? And so they should be, you know, incarcerated. And then, you know, whatever they do inside is fine as long as they're not threatening the rest of the public. Right. That, that should be OK. Uh, if you're coming at it from that, you have, you know, very good points. However, I don't think that that's what's going on here. I think this is a gang war. The state being one gang, okay. Uh, these other guys being another gang, and they just want control over the territory. Well, I mean, okay, they the, lost control. The state lost control. The gang took control. Okay. Now the state took control back. I mean, if you, okay, so even if you're the state, it's a turf war. Okay, but if you're the state, right? You've you've ceded a little bit of land to this gang. You're still the bigger gang. They're productive. They're profiting in there. If you're the state, just tax them. You would think, right? I mean, rather rather than rather than you know more. Maybe they wouldn't give them any though, and you know every time they come by to collect, they threaten them with a puma or something. Okay, all right. <laughs> you know? I mean, I. It, well, then I, this goes back to what I said before, right? If you can't come to some sort of agreement, it gets to violence, and then he who has more might wins. There's a quote here. It says, "I congratulate the more than eleven thousand members of the FANB, and that would be the National Bolivian Armed Forces of Venezuela." And police forces for the successful intervention of the Tocarone Penitentiary Center, President Nicolas Maduro wrote on Twitter moments after the raid. We are heading towards a Venezuela free of criminal gangs. Well, you had a Venezuela free. They had a place. You just put them there. Right. Body cam footage of the raid. There's body cam footage of the raid. (laughs) (laughs) I got to look this up later. Body cam footage of the raid showed cops and soldiers storming one of the prison buildings where a tunnel had been built. The underground passage featured several exits, including one that led to a lake where there were three wooden rafts stationed on the shore. Okay. So here's the other thing. You've got all these criminals... In this prison, they have an exit, but the prison is so good, they choose not to re-enter society. Let them have it. They got they got restaurants. They got a baseball field. They got Bitcoin mining. Yeah, they're cockfighting. They're they're self-supporting. They're self-support, right? And they're like, if you want to leave, there's the hole. They're like, I'm not going back out there. Yeah, it's dangerous out there. They even uh, apparently brought their families in. Right. Right, because there were, as the article described, uh, abodes for people to live with their families. And jungle gyms for the kids. Yes. And a pool. Yeah. And satellite and internet and lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. The entrepreneurial Literally. spirit yes. of these criminals. Right? Maybe they had a hard life, right? And they, they were not able to uh, divert these activities into a productive direction in Venezuelan society. They chose a life of crime. Uh, but turned it into like gulch, gulch of prisons, right? And let them go. They've shown you, they've shown you how to make an effective market and society within the walls that you've confined them around, and they don't want to escape. The quotes continue. We have put an end to the irregularities in this space. We have detected some tunnels in that tunnel system tunnel system now we have prevented a massive escape and we have controlled all those deprived of liberty interior minister uh chabalos said they didn't want to escape though the tunnels were already there i think they insinuated that this gang was using the prison as sort of their headquarters okay which i mean okay all right gang needs a headquarters right there's they're still there right 
Security forces captured two detainees who fled the prison during the raid, dubbed by the Venezuelan regime as Operation Liberation something else. Uh, Operation Liberation to go into a prison and shut it down. Like, theoretically, the least liberated people in the society needed to be liberated by the state. Chabalos confirmed Thursday that 60 gang members had been captured and four prison officials have also been arrested for allegedly allowing the smuggling of weapons. Where'd they capture them? In prison? Where'd they going to put them? They're already there. (laughs) (laughs) This is so great. I love this article. Venezuelan newspaper El Nacional reported that between 400 to 500 prisoners were still missing. Oh, okay. So like 500 of these bastards, you know, escaped somehow. That that presumes that the prison system has like an accurate count of who's there. Who knows how long they've been missing for. Yeah. (laughs) Right. They got to feed the pumas and the tigers and the lions and the crocodiles. We've discussed or maybe this they earlier. were just like let out and they're on, you know, they're free now. They're on yeah. gang business somewhere else and they've been not in the prison for a long ass time. And presumably have committed no crime of which they've been caught for. Right. So they have integrated back in society, presumably peacefully. Union Radio reported that the fugitives may be hiding out in the mountain area near El Jinquito. Uh, okay. The government initiated the transfer of inmates to other jails late late in the afternoon as families complained that they were left in the dark regarding their new locations. Okay. Yeah. So if you were a prisoner in this place, you're like, ah, you're being relocated and we're not telling anybody where you're going. So now they're franchising out. They can take everything you learn from this place and go implement it there. And so all the prisons will be this place going forward. Give it a few years. <laughs> right, yeah, because you're, you're taking, yeah, you're, it's like hiring away the best talent from a particular business yeah. to, like, make your business better. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so, yeah, more pictures, uh, the baseball field, the cockfighting ring, uh, the nightclub. I mean, they got neon lights, big screen. Oh, my gosh, man. This is amazing. Motorcycles all over the place. I've got like a 300-square-foot apartment, and I work full-time. What do I got to do, man? Oh, my. They weren't, they didn't just, they weren't casually mining cryptocurrency. No, they got the rigs. They have a picture of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 12, 13, and then three rows of 13, so upwards of 30, maybe 40, just in this picture. They can pipe uh, the cooling system from the pool through there to cool it. It says, Bitcoin mining machines were confiscated from a room inside the Toracone prison, that had been under the control of the Aragua gang, the most powerful gang. Ah, but who's got Venezuela. the private keys? Uh, that's right. Yeah. Right? You, yeah. you can get the machine. You don't get the keys. They got the Bitcoin. Right. Man. They can only prevent them from mining more. For not, now. Not yeah. from, you know, having or using, depending on who has the keys. What they've already collected right. or mined. Yeah. Uh, business owners in the proximity were told to shut down their businesses the afternoon before the operation took place. Outlet News NTN24 reported. So the the government in this case, the Venezuelan government, somehow notified business owners in the area of the prison that don't open today because we're doing a thing. So I wonder if like word it. got back because they talked about some people who escaped. Yeah, I have to have. 603-283-6160. Your calls and thoughts are welcome. It's Free Talk Live, the Sunday night edition. More is on the way, including our number two story. 
So the protection of life, liberty, and property is, is what the Free State Project is all about, but it's an, it's an effort to move 20,000 people who understand it's about demonstrating to the entire country that, yeah, we can have a free market, a truly free market, making it just a freer, great place to live. It's the world's largest voluntarist libertarian community, and it's, it's only getting bigger. That's amazing, to be able to move to a place where other people like passionately believe in being free and independent. What the Free State Project is managing to do, though, is to put their money where their mouth is. It's physically getting up across the country and saying, let's go someplace and let's demonstrate the power of these ideas. There's a lot of kind of philosophy that surrounds liberty. There's a lot of thinking about it and talking about it. But here in New Hampshire, people are doing it. 101 Reasons Liberty Lives in New Hampshire, a documentary by Free State Project Early Movers. Watch it free at 101reasonsfilm.com, 101reasonsfilm.com. And we're live. It is Free Talk Live, the Sunday night edition. The telephone number, if you would like to call in and hear yourself broadcast over radio. As long as you're logically consistent. I mean, you know, we've talked to weirdos. It's, you know, not the first time. Uh, But the telephone number is 603-283-6160. Uh, is the number in the studio. It's myself, the captain. And Richie Rich. Uh, So you listeners probably already know uh, about the Crypto 6. You can find out about that at thecrypto6.com. Mr. Ian Freeman, the show's founder, of course, uh, they tried to have a sentencing hearing. A whole bunch of people showed up, uh, including uh, two documentaries and a couple of news crews. Uh, to the thing, uh, the the state itself stalled somehow and was like, oh well, we can't complete this because we gotta do something else, right? So I wonder if they of, did that just so everyone would like show up for the not sentencing and then. That's my opinion. I don't have okay. any facts to back that up, but it feels like that's what they did. They were like, we're actually not going to complete this thing today because we want to postpone this because well, they have the money to, yeah, right, the money and the time, right? They don't mind wasting our time. Right, the people who take take time off their jobs or whatever I mean, else there is from across the country. People came from yeah across the country. Uh, you know, uh, these types of things happen for a reason, and it's because principled people are beginning to stand up for each other, and we could use more of that. Now, that being said, uh, they claim that the rest of the hearing will be held on October second. So we're asking you to mark your calendar for October second. It's a Monday. Uh, it'll be at the uh, Federal Courthouse in Concord, 55 Pleasant Street, uh, as Nikki would like to remind us if she were here. Uh, that is the address. Uh, 10 a.m., I believe, is the scheduled time. Uh, you can find out more about that uh, at the uh, courthouse website, I guess. Concord, New Hampshire. Uh, so, you know, yeah, we are asking folks to attend that because uh, I feel personally that the turnout that we had was responsible for this sort of like delay tactic that they're using they didn't want that much media exposure they wanted it to be sort of a nothing burger let's deflate uh this enthusiasm that the crowd has about this particular case 
uh, and by postponing it and wasting their time. Uh, and so, yeah, if y'all could show up again or even more of you would be even better. If we get more people to show up and pack the entire courthouse, that would be great. That would be monumental. Uh, I would, f- I for one would love to see that. So, uh, you know, mark your calendar for Monday, October 2nd at 10 a.m. Concord, New Hampshire. I don't do much things like this, but I'm actually going to make an effort to be at this next one. Nice. Yeah. I would welcome your presence, of course. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, continuing on with tonight's show, we've been talking about this article from dailymail.co.uk about a prison in Venezuela that was overtaken by a gang, uh, the largest gang in the area, apparently. Second largest. Second largest? Oh, well, okay. If you count the state. We're counting the state. Yeah. Yeah. This is free talk live. We're counting the state. The article does not count the state, but we do. The, The article's wrong then. The article is wrong. All right. That is correct. It's wrong. We've corrected the article. We have, and we're proud. <laughs> uh, and we'll talk more about that. We also have still coming tonight the number two story. The number two story. But before we do that, let's go to this unscreened caller. What is your name, please? You are on Free Talk Live. This is Tom in California. Hey, Tom. What's on your mind? Yeah, I was wondering if you could interview any homeschooler kids or give guidance towards uh, parents. Because if you Google homeschooling, they're trying to sell you. Everybody tried to sign you up for 100 bucks per student, 200 bucks a month. You get the idea. Uh, so the and- beautiful thing about this show is we'll take calls from children. So if a child wants to call in who's been homeschooled and wants to give a testimony on the benefits of homeschooling, we will platform him just like we would any other caller. Now, uh, Tom, are you, are you looking to homeschool some children of your own? Exactly. I see. And, and I know you guys uh, advocate a Bitcoin, and, and I, I equate that with going living off grid or whatever. Everybody thinks a little differently. Yeah. But uh, with kids, it's hard. You can't just bug out and go off grid from a hillside. But, but nevertheless, you can sort of adapt. You could live a different lifestyle where you're not a slave to the transporting your kid to school sure. to this daycare yeah. or that I can, school. To- I can tell you what I know, Tom, and, and uh, you know, if somebody's listening and can give you more help, I invite them to call in at 603-283-6160. Okay. I'll tell you what I know. Normally, uh, homeschoolers will have uh, groups, right? Yep. Works better with the network. Yeah, network groups. Uh, sometimes they're on, like, some of these chat platforms, like a Telegram or or a uh, matrix or something like that. Sometimes they're just on Twitter and Facebook. Whatever Sometimes works. you can find them in your local community, uh, bulletin boards, Craigslist, things like that. Uh, but my first suggestion to you would be to plug into a local homeschooling community uh, and ask them uh, these very same questions. Uh, we are a nationally broadcast radio program, so somebody might call in from an area that's not your area. You know, the laws might be different in your state versus their state or your country versus their country, depending on where they're calling from. So I don't want you to get bad information, but usually the most useful place to start is find yourself a local homeschooling group uh, to ask your questions to. If they're not the right group for you, they would likely be able to recommend a group that is right for you. Well, and who are these people that are are charging you? Because if you if he's reaching out to these groups and they're going, well, yeah, we can talk to you for a hundred bucks or whatever, then he said he was googling them. Okay, Tom. No, that's excellent advice, and I will uh, pursue that. But I was thinking there might be like a coach 
I would pay someone to get me set up, you know, because even the public schools, the, the kids are doing well, everything on, compu on computers. So if you're, if you're looking for someone to get you set up, I mean, the Ron Paul curriculum is available, depending on the age of your child. Okay, that's what I needed to hear. Okay. And if they're, if they're uh, really young, the Tuttle Twins books. Pardon me? The Tuttle Twins. Oh, okay, well. Tuttle Twins uh, is a series of well, books. I'll, I'll, hopefully we get a little feedback, and, and if I can uh, get... Uh, someone to walk me through the process because at the public school they're doing everything online every anyway. Did mm -hmm. you know that? Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. And in fact, since yeah. uh, since COVID and the lockdowns, uh, the number of kids who are being homeschooled has continued to rise. So yeah. that's good news. Part of the problem with walking through the process is that's what's going to be different state by state. Right, right. You got to figure out what the what the requirements of California is so that you're compliant with them. You know, and then anything in between compliance and what your kid wants to learn is on you, right? Like self-directed learning means they develop an interest in a thing and you pursue it till they lose interest yep. and you facilitate their learning. And you said you're in California, right, Tom? Correct. Yeah. So California is a big enough state that there should be a wide variety of selections to choose from regarding uh, homeschooling groups and that kind of a thing. So uh, we wish you the best of luck. Thanks for the call. Playdates, yeah, outings, trips to the museum, yeah, to all, the zoo, all that fun not stuff. Not the one in prison, <laughs> unless you're also doing scared straight and a okay. field, and a zoo field trip at the same time, right? Then that you know it looks like this gang has solved these problems. <laughs> scared straight. <laughs> uh, let's move on and go to this unscreened caller. What's your name? You are live on the radio on Free Talk Live. Hello, caller. Hello? Hello, what's your name? You're live on the radio. Yes, it's Mike. It, hey, Mike. My daughter-in-law is going to homeschool. Okay. But uh, Any advice for Tom? I, I, I don't, because I don't know enough about it, but I, I heard something about this regime that's in D.C. right now. is coming up with some kind of law against homeschooling. Did you hear anything about that? I have not. I have not. I don't it's not surprising that they would. And I think they're I think they're partially fighting an uphill battle at this point. Um uh, partially because of the lockdowns, right? People realized that school wasn't as important as getting a child educated. So there was there was some uh what is it? exodus from the public school systems into home learning. And as the public schools go to more internet-based, computer-based, I don't have to be in the classroom, you're going to see more of that. And they've already done, you know, the, the school choice, the voucher systems to give parents more choice of where they send their kids. And all of that, all of that is a victory for choice uh, because it takes away just a smidgen of power from the state. And they've, you know, when, when we give them an inch, they take a mile or more. Right, and when when they concede an inch, we have to make sure to go all the way as well. Yeah. Have, have you? I'm I'm in uh, Maine, mm -hmm. and uh, the Maine Wire. I don't know if you're familiar with the Maine Wire. The nope. newspaper. Steve, Steve Robinson, yeah, and uh, he had uh, it showed the Commissioner of Education, State of Maine. Question by a state rep. 
with regard to uh, because the, the kids are so far behind from the the policies they put in place, shutting down the schools during COVID and depressed and all that. And this woman asked her, she says, you know, wouldn't it be right to the priority to be on education, you know, math, science, English, history? And the commissioner says, no, the priority now is diversity, equity, and inclusion. Okay. So the priority should be on the student. So both are wrong, right? The pri- the priority should be helping the individual get educated the best way that they can. And so I've I've made the case on this show that so- public school is for some people. It's not for everybody. I don't like the way it's funded, but that is an environment that some people will thrive in, uh, and they will be good little factory workers on the back end. It is not for everyone. So those individuals who public, whom public school is not for should have the freedom and liberty to be educated in the best way that suits them. And it's not about math and science or anything like that. And it's not about diversity and inclusion. It's about the interest of the individual child and what they want to pursue with their educational time. Uh, when you When you talk to other homeschoolers, unschoolers, that sort of thing, one of the things that you run into uh, is there's a is, there's a period of decompression coming out of the public school where the child doesn't want to do anything. And so they go through like, well, I'm, I don't have to go to school. I'm just going to like watch YouTube and play video games all day. Right. And eventually, at some point, they get over it, especially if they're in an environment where other kids are learning Right, and then then they start to feel inadequate in in relation to their peers, and they will pick up the slack and start educating themselves in the best way that's right for them. So you ought not fret over that period of decompression when they first get out of public schools. Just let them have it. They needed it. They were force fed garbage for however long you kept you kept them in there, and so just let them have that period of decompression, and they'll get back on track soon enough. Yeah, this is from uh, several years ago. I'm a big fan of John Taylor Gatto. Yes, uh, that's a good source. Yeah, he won multiple awards, Teacher of the Year, uh, was you know the the best educator, et cetera, and so on. Uh, he came forward later on in New York. Uh, yeah, and and said, yeah, he won these awards in New York, the you know worst possible educational system. Uh, he came out later on and was like, look, uh, public school is a sham. Here's why. And wrote several books on it. Uh, here's a quote from... He broke the rules, too. He totally did. Uh, he wrote a book called Dumbing Us Down, The Hidden Curriculum of Compulsory Schooling, which you can find you know, Amazon or wherever you get books or whatever. Uh, this quote, and this is from many years ago because the, the guy died uh, four or five years ago. Now it's been a yeah, while. It's, it's some years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, quote, the homeschooling movement has quietly grown to a size where one and a half million young people are being educated entirely by their own parents. Last month, the education press reported the amazing news that, in their ability to think, children schooled at home seem to be five or even ten years ahead of their formerly trained peers. Now, I know that uh, the number of uh, homeschool children doubled at least this number. I believe it exceeded three million okay. uh, in the past year or something like that. It's been increasingly climbing since COVID kicked in, and people are like, wait a minute. This is all school is, you know, seeing the Zoom classes or whatever. Yeah. They're like, I can do this. I don't need well, to and, subject my child to this And crap. even if you can't, 
right? You, you don't have to be overly educated to, edu- to, to perform the service of education right. to the child. Tom? Was it Tom? Oh, sorry, Mike? Yeah. Your thoughts? Uh, all I can say is I've been self-employed since 1982. My father taught me more by including me in what he did than I ever learned in school. I raised two children alone. They're both self-employed now. Nice. And I got four grandchildren. Wonderful. And uh, so parents need to know. My father had a 10th grade education, by the way. Quit school in 10th grade. Yeah. And But he was uh, uh, not afraid to dive into anything. And uh, Sounds like he was one of those that school was not meant for. Right, and that's 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 what needs to be understood. People don't need uh, Thomas Sewell, famous quote: mm-hmm. "The road to hell was paved with PhDs." <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey Mike, we appreciate the call. Thank Have a good you. night, man. Um, yeah, John Taylor Ghetto, uh, you know, it was an inspiration to me particularly coming out of the fog of statism. Yep. Uh, in the same way Smedley Butler, right, is to the military, John Taylor Gatto is to education. When it comes to people who have been on the inside, who did the job, who have later been like, oh, my God, what have I done? John Taylor Gatto stayed on the inside while advocating these things. Too. He did, too. Uh, and Like, then- again, he broke all the rules to make sure that at least his group of students had the had – the, uh, possibility of a better education by going through him uh one other quote from him that i like is this was once a land where every sane person knew how to build a shelter grow food and entertain one another now we've been rendered permanent children it is the architects of forced schooling who are responsible for that yeah and i mean bang spot on man you know um john taylor gatto also uh made a, a valid point of, uh, you know, the basics, reading, writing, arithmetic, right? These yeah. things can be taught in a very short period of time, matter of days or weeks. Yes. Right? Not, it doesn't take 12 years for you to teach a human being the basic stuff. What, you, uh, what schools do is they remove the inspiration from people to learn on their own. Because like you can only pay attention to this subject for forty five minutes or whatever it is yeah. until the bell rings, and you gotta whatever it is you're doing doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you're halfway into whatever it is you're doing. You're writing a paper. You're stop. taking a test. But you gotta stop. You gotta Shift close focus. your books, and you gotta get up and leave. You gotta respond to the bell in a Pavlovian dog way, yep. and then you gotta motor to the and switch your focus, which is a non human thing to do. Right. Human nature is that if you get interested in a thing and you start doing a thing, uh, you don't just stop in the middle of it because a bell goes off. Yeah. You right? stay up to two o'clock in the morning watching YouTube yeah. videos until you're satisfied with the rabbit. Yeah. Or <laughs> you just continue working on it until you're at a good stopping point yeah. where you're like, OK, I know I can pick up on this tomorrow at this spot. You know, I need to let this dry or whatever it is. Right. You know, there's there's a reason for you to stop. Or a a good stopping point rather than just because the bell went off and your time expired. Right. 
right? All this does is it teaches children to uh, obey authority, right? When the bell goes, oh, that's authority, right? When somebody official comes in and says, okay, everybody's got to leave, then you got to leave, right? That's all it teaches you. I did hate the teachers that held us after the bell. It's like, no, man, I'm off the clock. Yeah. This like, is the, I'm, this you're going to make me late for my next class. This is my time. Yeah. Or after school. Like, nope, you're not dismissed yet. The bell rang, but you can't leave, you kidnappers. I could sit here and do John Taylor ghetto quotes all night, but I'm not going to. All right. We're going to – let's let's circle back to the uh... – The number two story. <laughs> uh, there, there's more to this uh, oh. uh, Venezuela prison bit. I just want to get through it before we move on to the number okay. two story. Um, jumped the gun there. I apologize. That's all right. It It is a spectacular story, <laughs> and we'll get to it. Uh, but regarding this prison uh, where apparently the gang took over and had all sorts of fun restaurants and casinos and nightclubs and uh, a zoo and a really nice swimming pool and a playground for kids. This and, would be the real spiritual retreat. Yeah. Can we do this up here? Uh, the business owners in proximity uh, were told to shut down their businesses the afternoon before the raid with 11,000 police took place. Electricity and phone signals were temporarily suspended hours before security forces entered the jail. I wonder if they turned off the internet. It says electricity and phone services. I'm I mean, assuming the phones are, you know, is would be the internet, but uh, it's hard to tell. Javier uh, just stops mining Bitcoin for a little bit. Like, What's wrong with it? Yeah, I'll come on. My Bitcoin's not mining. <laughs> the Venezuelan Prison Observatory, a non-governmental organization, raised doubts over the government's operation. Uh, at the Tokoron Penitentiary Center, where the inmate population had been reduced from 5,000 to 1,500 and believed that the gang leadership reached an agreement to give up its reign of power. So then what? They they all left and like you know made it look good for the 11,000 police rolling in? Well, that's what, that's what I'm saying. If they, if they split them all up, right, you just, they're going to be in a different location and they're going to restart their criminal enterprise. Because- Franchising. That's what entrepreneurs do. Franchising. Exactly. Right. The cost of acquisition is low. You just got to get some guys into an existing prison. Yeah. There's no upfront cost. You don't have to. You're still going to have those outside connections. Yeah. You don't have to pay for any of the equipment, the building, the property, the taxes, nothing. You know, you don't have to pay for any of the labor, right? Because there's already plenty of prisoners in there and there's plenty of guards. Just giving them all the infrastructure. And maybe that's the PSYOP. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe Maybe this was planned to franchise out. An intervention in which they let the leaders go cannot be called successful, much less when it was the leaders themselves who handed over control of the prison, the group said. However, you think you can do better? You run the prison. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like they did. You had your chance. Looks like they did a lot better. Uh, however, the government has remained tight-lipped about the whereabouts of Trend Diaguara leader. Okay. Uh, oh, his name is Hector Nino Guerrero, age 39. Guerrero, according to a voice note obtained by media outlets, was tipped off about the impending raid and escaped with several other high-ranking gang members earlier this week. He's younger than me, has done so much more with his life. (laughs) He turned a prison (laughs) into, like, the Mall of America. (laughs) I I could never aspire to that level. The only thing missing is a frickin' roller coaster. (laughs) You know, just wait. That's for the franchise afterwards. Yeah, they they already had the vacation lake house, or you know, the his access son, to the lake. His yeah. son will come up and do it better. Yeah, yeah. he'll he'll go two point oh. Uh, so 
<laughs> somewhere within a week prior to the raid, like the, the head honchos were tipped off about what was going on because, well, I'm sure somebody's Obviously. in their pocket, right? 11,000 cops can't keep a secret. No. And especially if they tell, like, the community surrounding it the day yeah. before, right? That, like, hey, you guys can't open tomorrow. Really? Why? We can't tell you. Yeah. Like, they're going to figure it out. Most of uh, my business comes from the prison. How can I close? Apparently, they did have firearms. There's a picture here of what appear to be long rifles. Okay. And some assorted gear. I can't really tell. So they're even more peaceful then because they decided not to have a shootout with 11,000 cops. Uh, Guns, rifles, ammunition, and grenades were found during the sweep of the Tokoron Penitentiary on Wednesday. Venezuelan authorities also display explosives. This looks like This is what's going to happen to the two-way community here when 11,000 cops come around. It's going to roll over and give it to them. They have a a folded-up piece of paper on top of this pile that says explosivos. Okay. Well, then you know it's true. Venezuelan authorities display explosives that were also recovered from the prison on Wednesday. Oh, they have a picture here of just grenades. Wow. Grenades. Do you think the prison guards got access to the pool? Like after hours? You clock out of your prison guard shift? You bet you did. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I want to gamble too. They were bringing hookers in and out of them tunnels for them and everything. You know what I mean? I don't think they needed the guards for that. I'm just, if if you were guard at the prison, did you get, you know, was this a perk of the job? (laughs) 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. Still to come tonight, our number two story. Our number three is next. Who's the death guy? I don't know. Be- I don't know. One of them guys. Mozart? One of them. Asking the wrong guy. No, no. It's, it's Beethoven. Okay. Was it? Hey, uh, <laughs> what did they find on the piano bench uh, when, you know, after Beethoven died? I don't know. His first movement. Ooh. <laughs> Joke talk live. That's right. No, it's free talk live. The telephone number is 603 283 6160. In the studio, it's myself, the captain. And Richie Rich. Uh, the phones are suddenly packed for some reason. Uh, we'll get to the calls momentarily. People going to set us straight. Before we go on, I want to say thank you to Gavin68. That's Gavin68, who is a gold-level amplifier. What does that mean? Well, uh, you can find out all about the amplifier program over at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps, A-M-P-S, dot freetalklive.com. Uh, there's different levels. Uh, what uh, silver is five bucks, gold is ten bucks. So Gavin six eight uh, donates ten bucks a month to help get this radio program that you're listening to right now onto more radio stations to help advertise, market, promote, and support. That's amps. Advertise, market, promote, and support. Uh, if you enjoy this show, the hosts, the co-hosts, the callers, the perspective of freedom peace, liberty, and prosperity that we tried to come from, uh, then please 
consider becoming an amplifier over at amps.freetalklive.com, just like Gavin68 did, because we're on like 180 radio stations now. We could be on 200, 250, 300 is not out of the question. It's all up to you. And in my opinion, getting the message of freedom out is the most important thing uh, that we can do right now. Education must come before the evolution occurs. And so we are the front lines of this. Uh, if you're already into libertarianism, anarchism, voluntarism, any of these words that, you know, individualism, any of these words that might describe uh, a better way, uh, then this is where uh, folks want to start. Best use of your liberty dollar. Indeed. So thank you again, Gavin68. We appreciate you. Amps.freetalklive if you want to figure out how you can contribute. All right. We've got some folks on hold. Uh, let's go to, we got Major Payne calling from Michigan Major on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey, hey. Um, you brought up the homeschooling thing earlier. Yes, sir. It's kind of interesting. Back in the early 80s, my uh, kid, when he was in junior high, raised so much cane on the bus. They were throwing him out of school right and left, and they ended up demanding that I homeschool this child. <laughs> we don't and want they him. gave me the curriculum to do it. <laughs> That's an amazing way to do it. My, how times have changed. <laughs> now they would just drug right. him. Yeah, beat him over the head and drag him in the cave. Yeah, just, they... I, I don't know. Things are, everything's gone sideways. We're living in topsy-turvy world. Oh yeah, but um, I want to touch on all this climate change hoorah. I never thought I'd be given the British credit for anything, seeing as how I'm Irish. Have an ancient disdain oh, As long as you don't refer to them as Great Britain, because there's nothing great about them. Well, Moderate, no, I, I would never. I, I I think I'd step on my tongue if I did that. Okay, below average Britain. <laughs> any, anyway, yeah, Britannia. Masters of the sea. Anyway, you remember the uh, green, all this green New Deal hoorah that they're pushing the, sure. you know, banning the gas stoves and mm-hmm. banning the engines and all this carbon tax. Well, Britain had signed on to that part of this green New Deal, and they were going to uh, come twenty thirty ban all new gasoline cars mm-hmm. till twenty thirty five. They were banning gas boilers and gas this and gas that, just like New York and California, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they've decided to backpedal on this thing. Because, I mean, I'm glad somebody finally woke up in Parliament. This just isn't doable. Was it because of the there, outcry the, of public aversion to it? Like, Was there a, well, a rising up? Well, it's a burden to the public. They're making them buy all the new crap that they don't even need. Just like when Obama made us all change TVs. You know? <laughs> it was ridiculous. But anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I will say I will say this about the switch over for the TV real quick. Uh, one of the crying shames of the standard definition era is we don't have HD clips of Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah. It's all blurry and like, oh, man, he's not getting his due. It looks good on a little small little phone screen, but, man, that should be in HD. Yeah, that's likely the case for a lot of that stuff, right, the classic yeah. stuff. Anyway, go ahead, Major. Well, there's a lot of old tapes that have just disintegrated, and they couldn't even rescue them. Yeah, that's you know, a problem. The old, uh, yeah, the, uh, the the BBC actually had to crowdsource uh, what they call the lost episodes of Doctor Who, the longest-running science fiction series in all of history. Yeah, they're missing some. 
Well, they they were able to reconstruct them because they got lucky and somebody found. So the reason they were lost in the first place was because uh, no one at the BBC valued history. (laughs) They would take the tape used to cost money, right? Tape is the physical medium that you had to put these videos on. It wasn't just a hard drive or something like that. So tape cost money. And so for them to save money, they would just record over old shows. Yeah. Once they aired, they're like, oh, it aired. It's you done. You rent the new porn from the video store, you overwrite the old porn from the video store. That's that's how it worked for the BBC, well, too. Okay. And so they lost uh, a certain section of the classic era of Doctor Who. They got lucky, and they got most of it uh, from third-party recorded videos and then they were able to sort of yeah they were able to sort of cobble together with like voice actors who are still alive right or they would take uh, voice clips from their previous episodes if they're in enough of them and cobble it all together to where they made a coherent missing episodes thing they weren't exactly as they aired but they were the closest anybody's going to get so you can get the idea of those stories in its complete idea form instead of just this you know, oh, it's just missing. Nobody, you know, only people who saw it originally could like yep. recant what the episode was about unless they had a copy of the script in their hand. So, uh, even yeah. that though, who directed it, right? right? Same script, different director, turns out different. Right. Anyway, Major, well, you were saying this kind of stuff has been going on all through all throughout history. I mean, back in the Renaissance days, there were it was faint, quite quite uh, common for an artist to paint over another picture. They'd find three or four pictures underneath one another. Yep. Because paint yep. and canvas costs money. Yep, yep. But anyway, yeah, speaking of the, trying to reclaim the old stuff, they couldn't uh, bring back the first five seasons of MASH when they tried. Mm. The, I, but anyway. I watched a bunch of up. MASH, and uh, are you out? Okay, later. Uh, I watched a bunch of MASH because it was syndicated rerun style. Okay. And uh, my favorite part of MASH was... Uh, yeah, they're coming back from commercial, and they have this, like, sky view of the whole camp, and they have a loudspeaker. So, right. you know, occasionally, like, radar, or somebody would get on the and give an announcement to the whole place. And uh, he goes, uh, uh, attention, everybody, Monday will be canceled due to a lack of interest. <laughs> Something <laughs> along those lines. And I just, I was like, that's a weird thing to say, right? So, anyway, that's what happened. I was uh, a big fan of Klinger. <laughs> I liked, uh, uh, not, uh, who was the... Mm. Hawkeye? No, no, no. The the old guy, the head of the thing. He, instead of saying, uh, you know, crap, okay. he would say horse hockey. Oh, I don't right? Know. And I picked that up from him. Anyway, let's go to this unscreened caller. What's your name, please? You are live on the radio. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, you are live on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Yeah, yeah how you doing today, man? I'm good. What's your name? My name is Anita Blackman. Hey, Anita. What's on your mind? How you doing? Uh, I, I was thinking earlier today, um, summed up in the, uh, 607 rap, uh, Lil Savvy King, uh, TJ Maxx is great for clothes. Uh, I can advocate for that. Uh, Krabby yeah. Patty, you know, secret sauce is what I know. Talk to your bitch and then I go. All you right, man, that'll be enough of that. I'm not sure if he violated, but I dumped him anyway. No, he did. Yeah. I, there was an F-bomb in there. Yeah, that's, uh, I, that's what I thought I heard. It was okay. His connection was less than stellar. It was very poetic. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, I've, never right had a, I've never had a Krabby Patty, but I have a, had have had a Krusty Burger uh, from the Simpsons restaurant at Universal Studios. A 
crusty burger and a Simpsons donut with a giant donut. I wonder if you could get a crusty burger and like a two piece crisp crispy. Well, you'd have to start the crisp crispy thing first. Well, okay, all right. But maybe that's how you start by like offering a two piece with a crusty right. burger or something. I don't know. Let's move on to Sarah in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Sarah. Ah, oh, yes. We're doing it again. I'm just going to make it up. A pedestrian got hit by a horse-drawn <laughs> carriage in downtown Albuquerque <laughs> because they went through the, the red light when they weren't supposed to. And we need to, we need to do something about the red lights. They're not long enough, and the horses don't know how to see color. And so they just run right through the red light. And it's the pedestrians that are getting hit. All right. Well, thank you, Sarah, for the non-call. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was a legit impression. And I, I can't really take anything away from you. Uh, I would like to score you low, but I just can't. It's not possible. It's, I'll just let my chair do it as it starts to drop again. It's pretty, pretty spot on, really, if you ask me. Uh, I'm trying to find what happened to my window with my show prep on it. It's not... Find it. We got to get to the number two story. That's, that's what I'm trying to get to. Okay. Uh, here it is. Uh, all right. Yeah. Let me just, uh, I got to move windows around here and, uh, we'll squeeze this one out. Get it? Huh? <laughs> Cause it's the number, <laughs> number two story. The number two story. Uh, all right. I found it. Here we go. This from sfgates.com. Woman rescued from outhouse toilets after climbing in to retrieve Apple Watch, Michigan police say. Yep. <laughs> oh, no. Wait, I, I haven't even read this article, so I didn't get to skim this one. But in my head, oh, no, I've dropped my Apple Watch into the, mm, what do they call it around here? The, outhouse? The, the porta potty things. The poop box? I don't know. There's a brand or something, okay. right? Portolet. Okay. You know, whatever. Yeah. I don't. Porta John? Porta, yeah, whatever. Whatever. Oh, no, I've dropped my Apple Watch into the Porta John, like into the real, not just on the floor, but like, you know, in it, in right. the toilet, you know, where the, the, the poo was is supposed to Was this a Porta John or like an outhouse? Though? I thought it was an outhouse. It says outhouse toilet, but like okay. outhouse toilet could mean a lot of things. I just have a vision in my head of this being like a porta potty. Oh, okay. I'm not picturing the porta potty because she got rescued from it. Like you could, you could touch the bottom That's of a porta potty. True. And if this is in northern Michigan, hang on. It does say northern Michigan. Uh, so northern Michigan is uh, uh, if it's the Upper Peninsula. There's like a lot of super old houses out there that didn't need electricity, never had plumbing. Uh, there are outhouses galore are not uncommon uh, in the UP, particularly in the rural areas. There's not much city area of the UP, so it's all rural area for the most part. Even houses that have wells and septic systems now also have the old outhouse. And, I have used a real outhouse before. Yeah, it's I have too. Pleasant. One of my grandfathers, when I was super young, I had the chicken pox at one of these. Uh, it was northern Wisconsin, not far from northern Michigan. Um, one of these properties where there was no electricity, we only had oil for lamps, there was a wood-burning stove for when it got cold, uh, and I got the chicken pox while we were staying there. Uh, and in fact, I'm convinced that I was brought there to get the chicken pox because there was a family across the street, and they were all real keen to send me across the street to play with those kids. Okay. And I did, and I... I kind of vaguely recall noticing something odd about the kids and in yeah. retrospect i'm like i think they might have had the chicken pox and then that's sure what you enough did. i got the chicken pox you want to get it young 
Yeah. And then and, you recover easy. And I wrote it out there. It was, I don't know, a week or something. Yeah, you that's know, about right. Whatever. We might have stayed two weeks. I'm not sure how I've also had the chicken pox as a child. But I remember, like, it would get cold at night, and I'd have to go out to the outhouse. I'd have to, like, walk some distance from the house yep. down a trail that was not lit at all, right, with, like, holding a kerosene lantern, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the outhouse itself was just, oh, my God, horrible smell. Horrible smell. I, I do, if I get my own property, I do want to put a, a, an outhouse, but not a real outhouse. Like, I want to plumb a toilet out there. Yeah. And just have the structure of the outhouse, but it's a real bathroom. Huh. Just just so it has the look. Yeah. You know, like a faux outhouse. Interesting. Why would you want to walk all that way to go to the john? Well, I'd also have one in the house, but I just want to put, you know, the outhouse. So, like, when your buddy comes over and he's known for, like, you know. Yeah, you can blow up Dropping the, the bomb yeah. in the bathroom. You're like, no, put dude. Little, put a little half moon out there. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we built this just for you, pal. Yes. <laughs> you know where you can poop in my place, and it is at the outhouse down the way. I, um. I hung out with some bikers at some point in my life. I, I lived in Sturgis, South Dakota for a minute. Uh, and th- this group of bikers told me this story about how they were, uh, you know, initiating uh, the, the, the patch hole or the, the new guy, right? The, okay. they, they call them prospects. Okay. Right. And so uh, one of the things they did is uh, uh, they, they made the prospect somehow get into the outhouse, you know, under the threat of firearms, right? Okay. They, they all pulled out like a gun or something. They're like, Sorry, prospect. You got to get in in there right now. You've done wrong somehow. He screwed up somehow. And they were like, "Your punishment is you got to get in that out, outhouse." He's like, "But I don't want to." And they're like, Ch-ch-ch-. "And he's like, okay, I'll get in the outhouse." <laughs> and so he gets in the outhouse, and uh, they all you know point their guns in the sky and start boom, 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 and the guy freaks out because he thinks they're firing on the outhouse, right? So he jumps down into to like take cover or whatever. And so then finally, like, they come and they open the door and they're like, hey, man, you can come out, man. We weren't really shooting at you. And he's, of course, covered in crap as he gets out. And that was his initiation. Which, which, as expected, they probably all had gone through as well and may have taken the same course of action. Right. Uh, I I equate it to, like, uh, joining a fraternity in college where they make you do all sorts of weird stuff to join the fraternity. And like, well, they did it to me, so we're going to do it to you. Right. It's that same kind of. Fortunately, Gonzaga didn't have fraternity culture, and I'm not a big fan of that culture in general yeah too much of an individualist as yeah. it were yeah to deal with hazing just to be a part of your club like, right yeah whatever there's, there's a reason why i never bought a motorcycle or you know that kind of okay. a thing and it's just like i you know uh i like i like some things about bikers i find them to be uh anarchic or at least voluntarist uh sort of not all the time but like yeah. in the way they conduct some of their business like if you're going to be part of our club then here are the rules that you know and you voluntarily join after reading yep. those rules right so like you know in, in those ways you know I, it's a bit of a reach to say they're voluntarist but I've, I've raised my issue with bikers and biker culture on the show several shows yeah. ago i'm not gonna do it again yeah, but yeah I'm not. so and and I, I i'm with you on that like okay. uh their their tendency for violence uh is what turns me off and also there there is a bit of collectivism going on in there and like i because yeah, they're a gang i'm far too independent as a yeah. person to like join something like that i do want to bring back the sidecar though <laughs> yes if yes, i if do. i had a motor like not that i couldn't ride a motorcycle on two wheels but i just like the sidecar action all right uh before we continue with this story let's go to i believe this is dana in michigan dana you're on free talk live it sure is <laughs> calling from it the outhouse in the sunday. upper peninsula it would well i don't call every sunday <laughs> but it wouldn't be a sunday if i didn't call um you guys actually it wasn't you captain i believe it was um 
Richie that suggested the Tuttle Twins mm-hmm. um, to the man that called in about the um, homeschooling. Depending yes. on the age because, of your homeschooling child. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. Um, I want to make another recommendation. Whether uh, uh, libertarians loved them or hate them, that's not the point. You cannot like someone, and maybe they are the author of something really great. The Rush Revere from Rush Limbaugh, he wrote a series of books, and I really, I wish he would have lived for a lot of reasons. I didn't listen to him all the time. I I would listen to him for like months at a time, and then I wouldn't, and then I would. But his last years, like his last, oh my gosh, um, the, probably the second half of Obama's um, when he got in the second time, he was just nothing short of brilliant. And he got even as sick as he was when Trump was in. Some of the stuff he said, I mean, I'm surprised I didn't have a car accident because he <laughs> was on from 12 to 3 Eastern time. And I'm on Eastern, you know, uh, standard and or daylight savings time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's lunchtime. I'm not the whole three hours, but I'd be out for an hour, hour and a half. And, you know, you're driving around and there's other people out there and you know then he says something funny and you get lost in the radio and I had a couple of close calls and I thought oh I can't listen to this guy at lunch because he just cracks me up but that being said Trump would do that too they would do the you know the break like they have the news break on the hour and every half hour they do local news and national and they would say something he tweeted the night before or the morning earlier that morning at 3 a.m. and I would just lose it and again love them or hate them some of these people are really brilliant at comebacks. So but what's Russian, what's so special about the book, though, or the books okay, that the he wrote? the books are historically, um, they're uh, Peach Kids. Revere, or Liberty is the name of a horse, and the horse time travels, almost like Bob and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Remember that movie? Bill and Ted, and yep, so yeah. this this horse tra- time travels, and I was planning on getting a hold of Rush, I believe he resided in Florida, did did the show from Florida. I wanted him to turn it into an animated series because the stuff was brilliant. His books, before the Tuttle Twins came out, his books had the exact same effect that, um, what was the wizard thing that got all the kids reading? Harry Potter. You know what I'm, huh? Harry Potter. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, oh, yes. adults reading the stuff, they got the parents hooked on it. And I know some people were anti-wizardry, but see, I've been... Um, Those dirty I'm, Christians. I'm, I've uh, never known anybody to say, you know what, I'm anti-wizard. It's the Christians. Well, no, you know what I mean. Witchcraft. I mean, I know, no, I know what you mean. It's I'm, interesting and terminology. I'm Christian, and quite frankly, I practice. So I am, and practice devoutly. But I, I don't like getting too much luck. I went to a private religious school, and one of my brothers... Um, one year, we would have dress up, and most people would dress up like the saints or the pope or something, or a famous nun. I won one year because I was a famous nun, and I think they're doing a movie about her now. Mother but Teresa? Anyway, no, the nun, too. Oh, the no, flying um, nun. No, not the flying nun. Stop it. Nuns on the run? It was, no, Mother, listen, Mother Cabrini. She's, she was Italian, and she was a, a 
famous, famous. Um, she is a Never saint. Heard of her. She was canonized a saint. Anyway, but my brother, even though we went to I, my siblings, even though we went to this private, we went to private religious education for twelve years. One year, my brother was the devil, and he was a really great devil. Yeah. My mom really did a great job. Another year, he was a skeleton. See, because back in the day, people didn't get all hot and bothered yeah. about stuff. Right. So Look, I not, didn't have a problem with Harry Potter because I'm a freak about reading. I'm not, I'm not saying that all Christians had a problem with Harry Potter. What I'm saying is those that had call. a problem okay. with Harry Potter were the Christians. Thank you for the call, Dana. We appreciate you. 603-283-6160. The final segment of Free Talk Live is yet to come. What will we talk about? Like, um, I don't know. It's like uh, using your voice as a human didgeridoo. I don't know if it's the didgeridoo. But That's kind of what a didgeridoo well, is. Like. I, I get that, but I, what, uh, Jack Black, mm-hmm. you're familiar, Tenacious yes. D? Yes. I feel like he's an average musician, and so anything he can't do with the instrument, he yeah. just does with his mouth, and it works. <laughs> Like, I know, I know what I want it to sound like. I just can't make it happen with my guitar, so I'm just going to mouth that part of it. Are you familiar with Wolfman Jack? Uh, yeah, I'm familiar with the name. I, so know. Wolfman Jack was a, a radio announcer, a radio yeah. DJ guy. He was famous for his personality, and he had this weird, like, his beard was black and gray, but not salt and pepper. Like, certain areas were gray, certain areas were black. Uh, and he had this, like, Wolfman Jack, this sort of scratchy voice. Like, you know, I'm, I'm doing a poor impersonation. Anyway, uh, I remember, you know, growing up, folks were, like, into that. Like, oh, Wolfman Jack. Like, he was a popular uh, media personality. Yep. And so I watched the Weird Al movie, the latest one, or the one oh, that came out. yeah, right? yeah. And there's a bunch of cameos of people playing the parts of historical media figures in radio. And Jack Black plays Wolfman Jack, thereby becoming Wolfman Jack Black. Nice. <laughs> Which is just... <laughs> whole rabbit hole in and of itself to think about but he does the character justice and it's like i'm like the role like as an actor the role jack black was born to play i believe was wolfman jack black yeah like he knocks it out of the park man uh so hey uh, let's just try this one more time sarah can you hear me sarah Uh, yes i'm i'm on yeah third third time's a charm (laughs) well you know that the homeless people, they got to write to um, set up homeless encampment, and our state judge ruled that it's illegal to throw them out of that place and take all their stuff in 24 hours. As long as it's on public property, I don't have a problem with it, because that's what public well, property pub- is. That, uh, well, it's on public property as long as it's not blocking the sidewalks. Like uh, I don't even care. 
right? Public property is paid by all for the use of all, and if they're choosing to use it that way and they got there first, what can you do? Are you for or against these homeless camps, uh, Sarah? Well, I... I think I am in favor. I am in support of the homeless camp because the, it's so hard economically to make it. And that's why they're siding with it. Too many people are getting thrown out on the street. Our average apartment is like $1,000. So even though it's kind of like a – I have mixed feelings, like half and half. I mean, people really need to set up, and they, they believe. I mean, they gotta stay there, but then I, they become. I have an idea, I mean, Sarah. W- would you be willing to report back on a thing? Like, go to one of these camps, and like, you know, bring your sleeping bag, and then spend the night with these people, hang out with them, say hello, introduce yourself, meet these people, and spend a night with them, and then come back on the show, tell us how it went. See if they've got a bar and some prostitution going on, swimming pool, swimming pool, but, casino. That, that's the problem is that they shoot drugs. You know, they smoke crack. They leave all their needles everywhere. That's problem. They trash everything out. You know, they just... How do you know if you've never been to one? Well, you know what? I just have to see all the debris. I mean, I have to be just around an encampment just to know what's going on. Yeah. And it just ruins it for everybody else that really needs to set up That's the tragedy of the commons, Sarah. If you're going to have common property to be used by all, some people are going to use it differently than you would like. But as long as, you know, they're theoretically paying for it or free riding it or whatever, it's it's there it's there for them to use and that's how they've chosen to use it. As long as you're going but to have public actually, property. The the whole people won. I mean, I'm just amazed. They even have lawyers that do pro bono or some, I mean, back up the homeless. So that I did have to do. I am anti Bono. That guy from like YouTube, a, he sucks. Yeah, I don't. They have to give him like two Bono. weeks notice Bono. or yeah. something. They have to provide another place to live or something. They just can't just couple give you twenty four hours and take all your stuff and dump it. And where are they going to go if they had another place to live? You think that you think that they would choose where they're at if there was like a better option available? Well, I mean, supposedly, you know, they offered like uh, homeless shelter places or um, hotel vouchers or whatever. And usually and those things come with strings attached that they don't want to abide by. Sarah, it sounds like you might yeah. you might care about what happens to homeless people. Uh, tell me this. Uh, how much money do you give to homeless charities or how do you assist the homeless every year? Well, I, I just want to say, you know, the, I just went to the church today, which is called... Um, uh, what was the okay? Well, there's a church that have four women's homes. They have about like four men's homes. They have a thing called the under construction. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I new beginnings. And I, you know, go. I've been getting money to that church, and I found out they're doing a special women's conference, twenty by five dollar ticket, and all of the proceeds go to these four women homes. Whether you're homeless or you're you're halfway house, or it entails. So I support these places where they, you know, have food banks. They also have a food bank. So that's my. So so via this place. church, you you give them some money, and then they do some things that are that are nice and helpful to the homeless. That's fine. That's fair. Yeah, and plus I I give people money here and there if they are they don't have a needle that they're holding in their hands or a crack pipe or something or a you know like a beer bottle in their hands or those are the ones that. 
I don't give any money to, but I'll buy him food and stuff like that. I do my best. I think know? charity should be unconditional. Oh. No, I mean, no, no, not really. If you're just giving the money to get, buy pack up Marlboros and get drunk, buy more vodka and buy more soap, no, I could see that. I don't give them money. No. Yeah. I get it. No, I'd rather buy them a sandwich or something. You know what I mean? And then what's funny is that these people that drink, they'll eat the food. Like they're starving to death, but all the money, they'll buy something to drink with it. That's like it's virtue charity. Amazing. Right? Virtue signaling charity? Right. Like, I will help you, but only in the way that I see fit. Right, yeah. Uh, one of my favorite uh, homeless panhandling experiences of all time was in downtown Seattle, Washington, which, uh, if you've not been there, uh, yeah, Seattle's got a whole bunch of homeless people, a whole bunch of panhandlers. You can hardly walk across the street without somebody begging you for something. Right, let me guess. Did he have a sign that says, I bet you can't hit me with a quarter? No. Oh, okay. That's a good uh, one that is a good one. But uh, <laughs> I was actually, uh, I had to find parking downtown because I was going to a, a club to see a friend of mine's band. And so I finally found, there was a line. They hadn't opened the doors yet. And there was a, a bit of a line, not much, you know, 20 people or something waiting for the doors to open. And there was a panhandler sitting down on the ground uh, with his hat out and, you know, like a dollar and some change in it. I assume to prime the thing. I assume it was his dollar seed and money. change, seed money, if you will. Uh, but he had a cardboard sign that said, uh, will not lie, I need beer. And yeah. I was like, you know what, dude, here's five bucks. And I slapped a fin in his hat. And he was like, hey, thanks, man. I'm like, dude, I'm on my way to have beer, too, man. I said, well, you shouldn't. You know? Right. Your your job doesn't care what you do with your money after you've performed the work. Right. Right, so what do you care about what the homeless dude does with the money after you've given it to him? Yeah, and it's entirely possible he didn't use that $5 for beer. I just liked the way he went about panhandling better than anybody else I had ever yeah. encountered. Well, that, that makes sense, because you drink beer. So what's wrong with other people drinking beer? Nothing. So that's how a lot of people's psychology is. Whatever they like and do themselves... It's okay for other people to do it. And a lot of people, do whatever they do themselves, the other people, are they like the same thing, too. Do and you a lot think, of people, they don't. Do you think there's charitable heroin users? Like, is there a heroin user out there in, in Seattle walking the street somewhere, and he sees some other heroin junkie jonesing for his fix, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to give that guy some heroin today. Too expensive. That's my thought on it, too. Yeah, but he could, yeah, you know, he could get something else for it. Mm. Yeah, you got to work for this needle boy. Sarah? Yeah. We'll find out what can we find behind the dumpster. So I just want to give a lot of praise to New Beginnings Pastor um, Mr. Mansfield. I mean, I, I found out they, oh, they bought the whole property, whole section of the building. Praise the minister. The <laughs> I was amazed that the church is doing so well because they help the downtrodden people. There you know, you so they get recompensated. Yeah. So anyway. So they rope them in. Promise them salvation. That's how you run a, uh, what do you call a voluntary organization, Sarah. And thanks for the call tonight. We appreciate it. And then occasionally the state will interfere and tell the the churches that you can't feed the homeless (laughs) and you you can't shelter them because you're not zoned for housing. So letting them sleep in the church is a violation of Ordinance Code 5B, Section 32C, and you got to put them back on the street so we can clean them up later. Yeah, and in fact, Organizations such as churches uh, would be good targets, uh, or at least places that people could look to to learn lessons from on how, in the absence of the state, 
uh, things might be, get accomplished. Yep. Right. You can look to churches uh, for ways that they have found uh, of already doing these things. Right. They they do all sorts of outreach for charity. They'll feed people. Right. They'll uh, they'll build homes in some cases. Right. Uh, there's a whole bunch of different organizations that churches belong to. Habitat for Humanity is a largely religious sponsored organization. Uh, things of that nature you know, exist in the world. And they could be done m- more efficiently by having them become uh, what we call privatized instead of publicized. Yep. So, all right. Let's get back to our number two story. The number two story. We've talked all about number two, but not about the story. A woman rescued from outhouse toilet after climbing in to retrieve Apple Watch, Michigan police say. See? Real outhouse, not a porta john Bagley Township, Michigan. A woman was rescued Tuesday from an outhouse toilet in northern Michigan after she climbed in to retrieve her Apple Watch and became trapped. 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 Did the seat fall down and she couldn't get out? Is there a seat in the outhouse? I thought it was just a Um, hole in a board, man. uh, Most outhouses do have a toilet seat, like, stapled onto it or, you know, somehow fastened to the things. You sit on it, but there's no bowl. It's just a box. She couldn't wedge her little fingers in there to push it up Uh, to climb out? The woman. It's too dirty. Whose name was not released... She doesn't want people to know who she is. I mean, for an Apple Watch, I get it, too. Those those are not cheap goods. <laughs> she lowered herself inside the toilet after dropping the watch at the Department of Natural Resources boat launch. Was it an emergency? Was it a, a like third-party watch band and it broke? I don't know. Like, why are you taking that off in the outhouse? So the Department of Natural Resources boat launch at Dixon Lake in Ostego County's Bagley Township State Police said Wednesday in a release. Uh, so... Apparently, Too many guys in the lake. Apparently, the Department of Natural Resources at Dixon Lake can't plumb, and so they have an outhouse. Okay. And this is where she found herself. She decided. Maybe it's plumbed to just rise into the lake. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so first responders were called when the woman was heard yelling for help. <laughs> help me, help me. I've fallen into a vat of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's an old Smothers Brothers skit. About uh, it's a song. He's like, I fell in a vat of. Did chocolate. they pour sand in slowly, so she could slowly rise and climb out? It's like, well, what'd you do when you fell into the chocolate? And he's like, well, he's like, well, come on, you fell into a vat of chocolate. What'd you do? He's like, I, I yelled fire. <laughs> like, All right. Why, why'd you yell fire? I yelled fire because no one would save me if I yelled chocolate. Anyway, it's valid. Uh, first responders were called when the woman was heard yelling for help. The toilet was removed, and a strap was used to haul the woman out. The toilet was removed. Like they the, with her in it? I don't know. Well, no, because she's like she's in the hole. So they just raised it up, and she's like they raised it up so. off the ground, and she's left standing there in the know. pit or something. I need pictures like the last article. Uh, and a strap was used to haul the woman out. So they apparently threw a rope or something. Okay, and then and then I reeled, hope it wasn't a new rope because you're not going to use that rope again. <laughs> yeah, it's going get, right into get the, the oldest, most used. <laughs> rope that you can find. Tie a whole bunch of old shoelaces together. You know that old extension cord that's been through hell and you've already broken the one prong off so it can't be plugged into three prong outlets or whatever? Uh, You still can plug them in. I mean, you can, but use that one. Yeah. Because that's the most likely to be replaced. Right. Quote, if you lose an item in an outhouse toilet, do not attempt to venture inside the containment area. Serious injury may occur, state police said in the release. I want, okay, if she has to pay for the rescue, I wonder what the cost-benefit uh, breakdown would be. Like, was was the rescue more expensive than, than the, replaced the watch? Right, yeah. Or did she still save money by by fishing the watch out? And 
because you got to go get it. Yeah. It's like a, it's a it's multiple hundred dollar device. Like the new one's like an eight hundred dollar watch. You're not going to just drop that and go. Oops, guess I'm not going to see that again. What you need, what what needs to be invented now is the self outhouse extracting Apple Watch. Okay. Right, like so that if you accidentally drop it somewhere, it just I don't know it sprouts. Uh, you know those uh, what do you call it? the drones have them those little okay. fan the, blades yeah right? the, like four of them unfold yeah. and it just sort of lifts itself out and all right finds your wrist again <laughs> slaps yeah. your wrist full of crap I, I just I I feel like my watch has been on my wrist for months at a time like I shower with it on I can't imagine taking it off in an outhouse of all places yeah just the the way not to drop your Apple Watch into the outhouse. Is to not take it off your wrist, right? Correct. Right. Yes. So she, I, I'm just assuming here that she was wearing it on her wiping hand. Okay. And, and it, it caught it. It, it caught, or okay. it wasn't fastened enough for something. If it was a new one, All right. right? You know, and like you know, she it it went the wrong way. Okay. Didn't go I'm her in, way. I'm in danger for that then because my watch is also on my wiping hand, and I <laughs> I have never caught it on the toilet seat. And had it hit the water. Uh, let's go to clumsy broad. Let's go to this unscreened caller. You're on Free Talk Live, live on the radio. What's your name, please? Thomas. Hey, Thomas. Where are you calling from? Uh, Indiana. Indiana. What's on your mind? You're on the air. Uh, yeah, I was just. Uh, I heard you guys uh, make the comment if uh, if heroin users ever gave uh, heroin to other people needing fix, and uh, yeah, it happens all the time. Cause, uh, they understand what it's like to uh, withdraw any of them that are decent people. So so there is charity of, within the heroin user community, according to your experience? Oh, big time. I mean, uh, as part of uh, my ministry, uh, I use the prof- what little profits I make from, from selling to uh, help others when who don't have the money or who are going without. And uh, because uh, there's such a large population of them in this area, I do so. People who were cut off from the doctors getting arrested or put out of business, and uh, so uh, that's what they're getting by on now. Well, that softens my heart a little bit. Yeah. I don't even want to make fun of that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Did you want to say anything well, else? They're not all. They're not all uh, selfish, horrible people. A lot of them are just regular, hardworking people who. I didn't claim they. Work. I didn't claim they were. I just knowing oh, the street know. price you, of you it. Guys don't. You guys, you guys, you guys don't insult them. Uh, yeah. You're not Jay Noons. I know you guys uh, got a good heart. All right. Well, we appreciate, appreciate the call that tonight. Comment. Yeah. Have a, have a good night, Tom. Tom? Thomas? I don't remember. Whatever. Anyway, caller. <laughs> Hello, met, caller. Met, met a caller. Right? Uh, what's a good... Uh, You're not important enough for us to remember your name. What's a good ambiguous name? Pat. All right. Yeah. Everybody's Pat. Pat. Yeah. It's androgynous. Thanks for calling. That's not ambiguous. Uh, if you lose an item in the outhouse toilet, do not attempt to venture inside the containment area. Serious, serious injury may occur, said state police in a release. They did not say Wednesday if the woman was injured or if the watch was recovered. Okay. So they're warning you not to attempt to do this should you drop your watch in the so outhouse. So she got all the way down there, started crying for help, and didn't spend any of that time like sloshing around trying to find the thing? Uh, my guess is she got it, and okay. then they helped her out, and then... And then they had to make this ridiculous statement. Do it's not been... attempt to do this because... She... And then she wasn't injured at all. Okay. This is also my guess. Because I they mean, had to warn you against serious injury, even though there was none. I, I get it. 
And at the same time, people do lots of dangerous, stupid things that they ought not do. Well, right. Okay. But you take the risk of doing it, knowing that there might be a rescue. All I'm right. going to go hiking overnight in the wilderness. We've got just a, a few more minutes here. I want to segue to this story from Zero Hedge. Liquor in the front, poker in the rear, Denver homeless camp busted for drinking and prostitution. That's why I asked Sarah about it. I know. A homeless camp in Denver was cleaned up after a viral video revealed that some enterprising individuals had set up a makeshift speakeasy with prostitution tents. Who's the narc that let that video out? (laughs) Just leave them alone. They have a picture of what appears to rival some of the outdoor bars I've seen even at like Pork Fest. (laughs) Or during the COVID lockdown (laughs) when they had to do the outdoor bar from the indoor bar and they wouldn't let you indoors so you have to go drink outdoors. Right. And then they built an indoor outdoors so that you could still drink outdoors. While you're indoors. While you're indoors except not being inside. You were outside. Right. You were inside while you were outside because you couldn't drink inside. Right. And you had to be outside. You had to be outside. And then they created a new inside on the outside that was apparently exempt. Right. From being the inside. Because it was a tent. Right. The setup featured lounge chairs, umbrellas, and astroturf and was found in the city's burgeoning homeless encampment at 23rd and Champa. Let's call it what it is. It's a homestead. It's a collective homestead. It's public <laughs> land. They're on it. Too uh, bad. Uh, what were the Native Americans called? Uh, wander, uh, nomadic tribe? Okay. Right? A homeless camp. Homeless camps are now nomadic. Right. Well, they're they're not by choice. Yeah, yes. they're involuntarily In, nomadic. Right. Yes, yeah. but nonetheless nomadic. Okay. Right. Like gypsies. Right. Uh, the encampment resulted in numerous complaints to the police after pedestrians were forced into the street to pass it. We're heading there, or we're hearing there was an open bar, sales of alcohol, things like that. Denver Police Division Chief Aaron Sanchez told CBS Colorado. He added, "We have officers looking into it." Sanchez also said that there have been complaints that surrounding tents and couches at the street side bar were being rented out for prostitution. <laughs> Just a couch couch <laughs> on the street outside the bar. If, you, if you're that desperate, uh, <laughs> probably afford that one. Oh, my gosh. Homeless aid group executive Megan Shea of Step Denver, whatever that means. What's a Step Denver? That, like, it's not the real Denver. It's your Step Denver. <laughs> <laughs> Denver, says that she noticed the apparent bar while driving to work and said that an encampment featuring liquor would only exacerbate the city's homeless problem, given that 80% of homeless have experienced lifetime alcohol and or drug issues, according to Shea. Will it exacerbate it or will it just, I mean, if they know where to go to get the liquor, right, then they're not going to spread out across the city. Yeah, like, I mean. They're also not going to go like break into liquor stores and shoplift because it's there i would rather have somebody try and build a business right to get themselves out of whatever predicament they're in right? even if it's a bar or a prostitution couch as long as it's voluntary yep. and you know they're not forcing anybody to do anything uh, against their consent right they should be allowed to do that right this bar should be allowed to become a bar Right. They should be allowed to hire the other homeless. You know, it should be able to grow. They should be able to add a, a grill to the thing. They should be able to serve food and they should be, you know, and and if you don't want to go there, don't go there. Right. But if you do want to go there, well, there it is. You can patronize the yeah. institution. Oh, but like. the, the poor pedestrians who have to walk along the street. But they didn't get a license, Richie Rich. Well, then too bad. They didn't pay the Clean man for the fee to like serve and sell alcohol. 
That'd be an interesting legislation, right? You get your street street bar license and open up in the homeless encampment. <laughs> street vendor license, for, yeah, for the homeless bar. Uh, have you seen these? Uh, they they have one in the Seattle area uh, in in the summertime, and it's basically a, a very long bicycle. Uh, oh, with a bar on it. Yeah. And everybody who sits at the bar has to help pedal because there's yeah. pedals under each of the seats. I've seen this thing. But you can like drink a beer or a cocktail yeah. like as you go on. Like there's a tour guide and they're like over on the left. You, you see don't even the have to get the light beer because you're working off the calories as you're drinking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that like that's something that like could be like the ice cream man goes around neighborhoods that could go around to the homeless camps. Yeah. Right. With like a street vendor and set it up in New York and they can do the rat tours while you're at it. It, it could have multiple purposes. A there you multi-purpose go. bicycle tour. Yes. We're doing it. Thanks. That and uh, Chris Crispy's double chicken. <laughs> Sponsored by yeah. Chris, Chris Crispy's. Chris Get on it, entrepreneurs. We gave you like <laughs> several good ideas tonight. <laughs> I don't even like ask for, I mean, if you want to give me a kickback or something, feel free. I mean, I'll know? ask for the kickback. Yeah. You don't have to. I mean, it's yeah. not mandatory, but yeah, I'll, I'll take a charitable contribution for a great idea. Or at least some free fried chicken. Sure. It's delicious. It's Life, not delicious. Lifetime two-piece, one a day. We're out of time. Thank you, Richie Rich. Thank you to all of the callers, all of our listeners. You're the most important. We appreciate you. If you missed uh, any of tonight's program, go find the archives over at freetalklive.com. Thanks and peace. want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate well i know a guy who's really great it's the realtor mark warden now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in new hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime our friends at porcupine real estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by new hampshire citizens reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. Porcupineralestate.com